Hey, what's going on, guys? Phil here, and we are back with Podcast 211. My guest tonight is none other than Navid A1, and he is the creator of the MechWarrior 5 Reloaded mod that all of you guys play that also includes the 3D HUD, the revised HUD, uh, rescale, uh, uh, laser uh, improvement as well. Uh, I, I, what other... Am I missing anything? I think... Yeah, that's all. Like also inverse kinematics, but yeah, that, they're all they're all included in Reloaded. Yeah, as a single package now. Yeah. How you doing, man? So, uh, good. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, thanks for like uh, having me on this podcast. I guess there, there's been a, it's it's been a long time we've been trying to like do a podcast, but uh, I'm glad that uh, we're doing this now. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like I think I was wanting to have you on. It's had to have been what six, like at least five months ago, because it was about the mods. Because you know, talking about uh, yeah, what you were it doing was, early on, and yeah, yeah, it was it was when I was like uh, cutting sleep hours to work on like Reloaded. Like it's like, oh, this doesn't work. Get back to Alex. Like Alex, uh, is this gonna is this gonna get added? Is this gonna get patched? We're we're kind of holding up on this, but yeah, that's that was um, about about that time well so obviously i want to i want to pick your your mind about a few things and obviously we've got sort of two different things right now um and i think let's go ahead and just dive into mech 5 just for a bit because i feel like we can just maybe that okay. it's just not as long of a conversation and then we can dive into mech online for anybody that's listening um you starting get involved with uh the mods like pretty much right away um what's that been like for you uh, in this this entire process and what have you not like what have you struggled with but like what are some some things that like you've overcome since you started like oh well now I'm I'm better at or is there anything is the entire process a little bit better for you now back in 2017 when like PGI announced that all right so MechWare 5 is going to be moddable uh, we're going to support mods. Uh, it was good because, like, at least for our generation that are not really old to have been through the tabletop days, um, we've played MechWarrior 3 and MechWarrior 4, and, like, those games had really, like, good modding scene in form of, like, MechTech. MechWarrior 3 had some, like, really good mods. And we're like, oh, awesome. Like, MechWarrior 5 is going to support mods, and we're going to do, like, basically everything we want to do. And specifically for me, because I was like passionate for Mecro Online, it was like I want to change things. I want to, yeah. I want to play with these variables. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And uh, so, a lot of a bunch of other people, uh, like like-minded minded other people, were around as well. And we were like, all right. So after Mecro Five is released, we're gonna mod things. Like I don't know. At the time, we were thinking about making tanks drivable sure. yeah. and controllable. And uh, I think during the summer of 2019, we started downloading Unreal and uh, kind of like went ahead learning it. Like basically that was the, that was the first time I even launched Unreal Engine. Like sure. it was probably like August, 2019. And uh, it was like, well, th this is great. Cause uh, like in my work, uh, like I, I, I'm an electrical engineer. Like I, I design 
um, like electric motors and develop mathematical models for them. And these like mathematical software that we use, I don't know, like many might know this software, like MATLAB has the same graphical user interface for developing functions, for developing like basically it's a visual logic. Okay. It's very it's very similar to Unreal, and I'm like, sure. well, I'm right at home. Like this is this is familiar. And we went ahead, like I even like made kind of a like a kind of a tech demo of a mech, like with weapons and yeah, everything, I remember that. animations. Yeah. 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 And then we we basically we wanted to go in prepared. And the mod tools that was released, um, <laughs> there were a lot some of frustration. I, yeah. Yes, yeah. the mod tools that was released, um, it was really good that they released the whole project file, the raw game, uh, which meant that usually, like, for example, before Microify, I was making mods like for Skyrim. And uh, they have like a prepared packaged tool that they allow you to do some things and they allow, they allow you to do some scripting as well. But the raw game project, that's something else. And it's bas basically the best case scenario. Uh, when they released it, Although some of the some of that was locked away behind code, like not many of the functions were not accessible, and uh, so the approach we took to the mods kind of tied into the MacWare Five itself, because I think like a, we were about like ten people, we were like, all right, so they have an MW uh, an MWO Mac Lab already implemented yeah. but it's inactive so that's because that's that's was one of the things that we were going to do because we kind of knew that macro 5 is going for a more like a lower friendly stock mac approach to yeah. to things and we're like okay so this is going to be easy so let's focus on uh like missions and like making other features like making tanks drivable that sort of thing and when it hits and we delved into uh, the the game. It was like first the UI, like the HUD, was one of the first things that kind of put us off. It's very minimalistic, like it's not in the way. But some of the, some of the elements in on the HUD, like we're not used to, is like all right, the paper doll is reversed, so yeah. left is right, right is left, yeah. and like the mini map is somewhere that you need to take your eyes off. I think I, I believe you mentioned like most of these in in like one of the earlier podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, five mods. Yeah. And even if it was like, I always question. Well, why didn't you just use MechWare Online? Because I mean, mm. at least then, right? I mean, and and we had seen previous versions of their UI um, that seemed to, and that's sort of where you went with your 3D HUD eventually. But like the idea of mm. like. Uh, the I, th I think the current HUD is very stock, like widgets too. It almost seems it's this two D yep. plane. There's no interaction. There's no depth field of depth or anything that like puts you as like, you know, in this mech and the immersion and stuff yep. like that. So yeah, yeah. Like I, I I do, and I still question whether it's the right call. I mean, obviously I asked Russ, and his response was that uh, internally. Um, for first and third person internally, they like this solution the best instead of making an alternative for third person. So whether or not we like the answer, that was an mm -hmm. answer that they chose, right? Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I could understand because like they went for the safe approach. Like the HUD that, that you see in Micro Online, the stock HUD, it's not something 
like because it looks this way it is simple or like they like took shortcuts in designing things uh obviously on the technical side there's no shortcuts like they have basically thought about everything as as it seems like from from the files and from from kind of the foundation of things it like the only thing that is lacking is the art side of things yeah. uh, side of things not not the technical side so um i i understand i mean perhaps like time was an issue like uh they were like hard pressed for like time meeting the deadline yeah. so it's understandable and for, fortunately it was something that we could edit uh, right at right out the gate like the, we went for the mech lab and saw that all right so there's there's some functions that are not accessible right now like back then you couldn't set the mech speed so yeah. speed was basically a set value so engines was basically out of the window yeah we had to wait uh, a few patches for that to, to yeah. other updates yeah so for those for those that may not have involved the initial launch of mech 5 we had a uh, uh a basically <laughs> how do i they launched the the editor but the problem with it was it was it was more like they took the stance of like hey just fy this isn't ready really for you guys to deep dive but at least we want you to start getting familiar with the systems which is sort of a bummer when individuals like yourself and others are like you're running to go 100 miles per hour and then you basically hit a wall because mm -hmm. you know or or you go 100 miles per hour and then they update and it erases all your work uh, or it changes everything and they're like you know you know and they apologize they're like hey guys you know but like yeah it's definitely improved over the past what six months yeah uh eight yeah. months yeah yeah i mean um like i was lucky that like i saw someone uh like i think scout derek uh like was working on a union dropship and all his bastard. work was deleted yeah. deleted and kind of that was the red flag like i before like i quickly uh like quit egs and like started backing things up yeah. and then updated things so I, I was fortunate enough to not to lose anything so at, at the start so i was like all right so mech lab we just leave it uh to see if if they want to do yeah. like something with speed and um and then we're like all right so what's what's the closest thing what's the like low-hanging fruit sure. in this and um basically it was the hud yeah. because that's the first thing that basically uh in your face when you start playing the game and the number one thing was like all right so i'm just losing my components because i'm shielding the, the wrong side that's uh that was basically the the only thing that i started delving into hud because i just wanted to fix that thing like 3D, uh, 3D HUD or like the other one, those were not the goal at the time. It was like, I just want to fix this damn paper doll so I can play the game. Sure. Or, and I want that like mini map down there. So that's, it's somewhere that I'm used to. So uh, let's, uh, let's do that. Yeah. And the initial versions of those HUD was, was just that. And I was like, all right, so um, perhaps they're taking the time for to update the editor so let's let's go like polish the hot yeah. polish the hot elements and then like add stuff to it and then i saw like on some of the discord servers like people were like all right so you remember this from 2016 like this is this is yeah. really cool and uh i loved it like yeah. 2016 when russ showcased that demo i'm like damn this is awesome like yeah. that's 
that's really different. Good. Yeah. And, yeah. and me, me and you had, had literally hours long conversations about like the, mm-hmm. the lack of pro- not progress, the lack of like imagination of like what it means to be like, if you're sitting in the mech, what is that? Exp- I, th- I think I use the term. The, what is that experience? What is that yep. HUD experience? What is that? Like you put on your neuro helmet, you're interacting with your mech. What does that look like or what is that? And that's where I do feel the UI that they came up with, it, the HUD, it just, it was, it was very vanilla. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it didn't, it didn't move that forward. And it, if anything, it, it took a step backward, right? Because, I mean, if you compare it to what they had in MWO, like, you could even mm-hmm. argue, why didn't you just use what you already had? And everybody knew and was okay with that and, and so forth and so on. So um, that's obviously, I know me and you have literally talked for hours. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's also a technical side of things that Unreal Engine cannot really um, like apply some of the post-processing effects on like 2D HUD elements. There usually needs to be created manually, like glow effects, like bloom, or like a death of field. Like that's that sort of effect are uh, not really applicable to like what hmm, Unreal Engine is capable of. So I could understand some of the approaches that they took to move towards a 2D yeah. HUD, um, even though like the th- the 3D version that they had looked really good. Like there are some like problems with uh, anti-aliasing and like transparent panels, uh, which also have like a glow effect to them. Um, but still, 2017. 2018, yeah. those they had working demos. I played yeah. both, uh, yeah. both uh, 2017 and 2018, and those were still mm, like had some elements of art. Yeah, in them, they're so, unique. They had character. They were they were ma- making that experience, I mm-hmm. think, better. And and I mean, that is one thing, I guess. Uh, uh, that there will be two sides of the coin. One side of the coin is. PGI should have done better. And the other side is, well, the tools are there and you can already see what people have done like yourself. And there's been a few other attempts too. There was the the one where it was almost like a, a fighter pilot green line sort of HUD yep, looking yep. one as well. Um, and and uh, and I've said this on stream and, and I've told you this, like you're, even your 3D HUD uh, that I think is fantastic. There are things that still throw me off because like, I'm still used to seeing the enemy paper doll yep. on the top right. And when it's not there, then it's down there. And then, you know, so it's like there are, yeah. uh, uh, you know, like uh, organic elements to like, again, the the HUD that was in MWO. But even then, even with what you've done, I remember we were having conversations about well, what are other mm-hmm. games? What are, uh, and I, I think I yep. linked you uh, Titanfall. Like to me. Titanfall, yeah. Right, like that—that's where, like, I think they took the idea of you have these futuristic, you know, war machines. You want to protect the pilot, and you know, when it closes up the technology, then you can see on the outside. And that was a really cool idea. That oh, bear claw mug, nice. Um, there oh, you go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to bear claw. Um, but yeah, like uh, the idea of this, you know, being in a mech, uh, and the uh, the the concept of 
it's you know highly sophisticated the experience changes and and stuff like that yeah. and i remember we had those, those conversations as well about like what could be the most immersive thing you know and yeah and that's where the imaginative part comes in and, and i guess asking you like uh what how was working on the the hud and what what were the challenges with that i mean obviously there's technical but like what about the uh art side of things like why do you think that called out to you? I mean, first, the the hut that I saw, like 2016, the intuitive side of it was kind of like interesting to me because like I'm an engineer and I'm like, all right, so this is simple. Like it, it doesn't have like lists, weapon group, like a bunch of one, two, three, four, five, sixes that basically are just a passive information there and you just use them once they're all there they're clutter and um it's it's kind of like the 2016 hut it was like i think it was like one of the pgi engineers like dave uh those he was saying that the initial idea uh was kind of from him and yeah. some others and uh it was intuitive and it was really nice i was like well i really like playing in something like this because usually when I play Macro Online, uh, when you lose a weapon or like when you're doing something, when you have multiple weapons on your mechs, um, you just see something like um, crossed out in a list. Yeah. And at that at the time, like you cannot really quickly get a get a quick information. Okay, so what happened? What did I lose? Uh, like. Is it the gauss rifle that I lost, or is it the the medium laser that I lost? So that's that's kind of something that uh, that I was going for for that three D hut, like quick visual conveying an information without yeah. having to read lists. Like for example, like there are like ammo counters, range counters, but you don't really like look at them at every uh, shot you make. Like okay, so you 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 have twenty gauss shots, you don't need to read them again, so you you know you have twenty. So yeah, but like the cooldowns, like changing of colors, flashing, those those things can be visually uh like noticeable even without you looking at them. So yeah. it was uh like just just from the layout side of thing. The like that was that was the layout was pretty much easy because credit to PGI, it was already there. Yeah, it was already there. The, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, basically the idea was there, the art was there, and the, the layout was there. The the challenge was the technical side of things. All right, so this art thing it has to be dynamic. It it like the the 3D HUD that you see is just six panels right in front of each other, and each of each of the panels uh, are in charge of displaying some one thing. Like one is in charge like and they all have different brightness, different like exposure, so that everything should be readable. Like there's like another like panel that creates like the back like uh transparent shadows yeah. and those are all because of the technical difficulties of unreal engine for example if you wanted to show text with with those transparent panels the text would just be a blurry uh mess and uh so it it had to be like and i didn't know all of this like right from the start so i, yeah. I was like working on something and i was like oh damn this is this doesn't work and uh like i have to create another panel i have to like initialize it i have to kind of like when the mech starts up all these panels need to get initialized, grab data, and for example, one of the other things was that it's super weird. Like, all right, so you go in, you want the weapon list from a mech, you 
kind of like create a loop to go through the weapon, uh, the mech weapon list. And uh, either even though the mech has weapons, um, the function returns nothing. And uh, that's like you have to figure out. All right, so it it didn't it hasn't populated the list yet, because it's another function that is being handled by code. And I'm not I I don't know when that's gonna uh, when that list is gonna be populated, so I can just grab it and initialize the panel. So like created like a self-validating loop so that okay, so if if it's everything there, go ahead. Yeah. That sort of thing. It, the challenges were more technical. Like uh, creating like functions that uh, like arranges uh, weapons like in a curve. That yeah. mm, that kind of that yeah. kind of thing was was the main challenge. Other than that, the concept and idea was already there, and yeah. that was that was that that was a big help basically. Well, and like I said, I I feel like it ticks the boxes. It's almost like I want to say it's minimalistic, but in some ways it, it's I don't know. Android versus iPhone sort of idea, you know, like what mm. you, you know, the, the idea of like MWO lists everything plus where yeah. the weapons are on the inner, okay, and then these are the arms or it's high, it's low, it's mid, it's chest, you know, like it just, it flows, that makes sense, yeah. right? And 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 I, I feel like something there. Plus to me, the visual perspective, it's like this looks futuristic, like mm-hmm. versus just this, flat yeah you know white although you know. i should say that i play micro online a lot and i don't want to play micro online with that 3d hud yeah uh because like there's there's some aspect to that 3d hud is basically art and artistic like it's focused on the visual side of things sure like uh as like that was that was a good example like iphone versus android is like functionality and uh kind of being used to something i i play the game using mwo yeah i I would prefer i would prefer playing mwo using that hud because that focuses on your performance in the game micro 5 it's a single player game and you kind of want that like visual aspect to be there yeah and uh the vanilla hud kind of like kind of broke that um i want to say immersion uh, because it's so uh, bland, yeah, it doesn't yeah, fit yeah. in. It doesn't yeah. fit in with the kind of because they they've created this like really beautiful level generator. Like the mechs, they're really nice. Like the textures are good, and but the in-game experience that yeah. kind of puts you off. And it well, was I mean, like mm. you're in this futuristic war machine. You've got yeah. all these panels and this and that, and then you get in, and it's just. That's it. Like, there's no, and I, yeah, I, I don't think anybody disagrees there. Um, yeah. So you you also you went from the UI and and the HUD and 3D HUD. You did improved HUD, which I still think looks really good as well. And then you did the 3D HUD, and I think it speaks volumes because those are some of the most downloaded individual mods as well. So there's obviously plenty of people out there that want that. And with Reloaded as well you took uh multiple things that you're working on and you put them in one package um can we talk about the mech lab because like mm-hmm. i just feel like i don't know what the design decision and maybe maybe you've thought about it like the idea that was presented to us was the mech lab is the way it is because we want mechs to be unique but i feel like it 
it didn't quite hit the mark and me and you've discussed why but i want to hear your thinks of of, of what it have you ever thought of like why they didn't allow the customization to the extent that like at least mwo has like because what are your thoughts have, have you been able to figure out other than like you know it's just decisions someone made and you know um i don't know like i i can guess i mean that they were going for this like authentic like uh, battle tech experience like from the early 90s i would say that's uh like i don't know these mechs are like relics of the past sure. and uh they're like unknown they're not being made actively made they're being made from like some ancient like uh blueprints and diagrams um i, I get that but um, for that to ha for that to have an effect um the world the, the battle tech world that like you're experiencing in in the game needs to be a lot more about deathmatch in a mission like you drop in a mech and you want, want to go shoot a bunch of stuff there has to be a lot more going on um like for example i started i started mechware with mechware 3 so that's that was when i was mm, uh I don't I don't remember. It was it was early like uh it was 1999 maybe. And uh even though the focus of the game was on mech combat, uh even if it didn't have a mech lab, the game has a narrative. It had it had all the, like not talking about like the story being good or bad. It had a story. It had an engage in, like it made you kind of interested you every mission tied to the last one and uh basically uh, the, your action from the previous mission carried over like if you lose your mfps you're, you're not going to have one in the next mission yeah. and and the narrative behind each mission continued from the last one so you basically were interested um so even if the, if it didn't have met have mech lab the mechs it's, uh, themselves had cool tech on them like they had annihilators like it still has respectable firepower like the mechs in mechware 3 were good and uh mechware 5 you kind of even uh with the handcrafted missions the quests you even like some some of those have like multiple parts like part one part two sure you forget about the part one when you go to part two like yeah. what was that about yeah. like it's mm, there i like that's that i mean it's not like i'm not being toxic or anything it's just what i what i feel yeah like uh, i don't i don't feel any connection to these missions like why am i doing this yeah. like what's um is there any like Mechware 4 Vengeance, like it had a corny like story, but still it at least allowed you to choose. I guess yeah. like the final mission, you had an option to, to choose one yeah. way or the, or the other. It put the player in, in a in a situation so they can decide like, am I going to be like a douchebag or am I going to so, yeah. like sac sacrifice something to gain some like moral thing out, out of this mission? 
So there, there, there was like these missions, these choices, it felt alive. Uh, those were missing in Macquarie 5. So basically, because those aspects were not there, uh, what's left? Sure. And uh, what is left is basically, all right, so most of the people playing Macquarie 5 also have played Macquarie Online. And in Macquarie Online, like the main aspect is PvP. The other aspect is basically fine-tuning your mechs. Like it's basically uh, you're gathering mechs. You're basically... A, a mech collector like sure. even if you if pokemon you, if a mech but mechs. Is, yeah. yeah it's basically a pokemon with mechs even if a mech is not really like top tier you might still love it and you, yeah. you buy it and you play play matches in it and uh you you enjoy customizing like finding out the, the perfect thing in it yeah in mech Warrior 5 that aspect was also missing yeah. so even on the field you saw a stalker the variant oh i know what's on it you saw an atlas oh i know what's on it so it's yeah. it's it's not really um kind of um uh, you know what i mean that that side of things it's also, not also unique was... yeah, yeah. Yes. and then on top of that too like i'd love to use the analogy uh the cicada like there are, i think yes. i think mech 5 runs into the same issues as BattleTech did when it first launched before mods mm -hmm. and the mech labs as well because like you think oh going back to Battletech 2 when it first launched, the best 50-tonner um, or best medium for missiles wasn't a Treb. It was mm -hmm. the Centurion 9A because you couldn't change the engine size. Well, the Centurion has a 200, so you had plenty of tonnage. And the next thing you know, that becomes the missile mech. Same issues, uh, what lies is like, you know exactly, okay, well, I just salvaged a Cicada. It, it literally has no purpose because... It doesn't have Indo, it doesn't have Pharaoh. You can't swap the engine. So you only have uh, like, I don't know, it's like two and a half tons of, 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 you can't do anything with that. You couldn't even up armor it. So literally all it is just, just sell it. And to me, that's where the, it fell short. And I, I just, I do feel like it was the a mistake because it was like, you didn't make the mechs unique. If any, if anything, you just sort of handicapped their ability to, um, perform i guess or or to mm -hmm. like to be i don't know it just there was no customization whatsoever i i just don't it blew my mind because like okay let's just say you are a super you're viewing it sort of like uh uh you know like hey you're a tanker you can't modify your you know tank okay i understand mm -hmm. that like I, okay but you could have just brought over that functionality anyways and then the obviously large percentage of people who use reloaded and or uh, uh, Merc Tech or any of the other ones um, could still modify their mechs. And it just, to me, yeah. because you didn't have the depth in the story and uh, even the quest where, hey, we're doing a quest, but it's not a handcrafted mission. You're doing, domin you know, like demolition, basically, or mm -hmm. you're doing Warzone. And that's where I feel like the problems, too, is like it just feels... Uh, yep. Like what? What were we just doing? Why was that important? Do I protect the farmers yeah. or do I, you know, or like eh. exactly? Yeah. I mean, even in BattleTech, I want to add some of the mechs were not as limiting as uh, they were in MechWarrior Five. It's like I remember the Atlas in MechWarrior in BattleTech. You could at least like do things on it, like you can put two AC20s on it, like something that is not even possible in MechWarrior Online. Yeah. And uh, even if the en even uh, if the engine is locked, 
they still give you the option. It's like the um, uh, the energy hard points on on the Atlas. It had the option. It had the possibility yeah. uh, um, for you to like play around with the mech. Like the only limiting factor was was, was the engine. MacWare 5 is one stage even more limiting uh, than locking out the engine and was basically locking the hard points to the stock loadout. And some of the stock loadouts, well, a single PPC might be something on itself. But when the other weapon system on a mech is an LRM-10, well, there's very little you can do with that. I mean... LRM10 can only be replaced with SRM6 and below. Yep. And the the PPC can be replaced with everything below. Yeah. So you have the option you have the option to make your mech worse. Yeah. That is uh mm, I don't know it narrows your it's choice. Not, yeah, it's it's basically um there's no incentive to even play with the mech in the yeah. mech lab. Yeah. So because yeah, it's like that's, that's, this mech does it mm-hmm. and does everything better like yeah yeah and 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 that's where like i think the mech lab uh, or even if if even if you didn't do the mech lab i felt like there were other ways like if mechs obviously they're adding quirks with the dlc and yep. or like the idea of like what is what is a mech uh, made out of outside of just the the superficial stuff that we do with weapons or engine like is there any uh, unique abilities as far as uh, sensors or uh, capabilities. Yeah. We we you don't really have anything like that. So it's it's almost like saying, well, how do you make like a you know a, an RPG character or, or something like that? You know, where you know using the QWERTY you know keys or whatever. But yeah, like I, I you know obviously not just sit around and just. I just feel like the Mech Lab was just one of those things where because you've done Reloaded with the Mech Lab as well. I just feel mm-hmm. that. It was a really missed opportunity to, and instead of making mechs unique, like I said, I feel like what it did is it, it it funneled them into obscurity because like you literally would get it and you just didn't care, like you didn't, yeah, you know, like, yeah. yeah I mean, that, that's that's another point of um, MechWarrior Five is that it has all these planets that you can basically move around. It's something that that is a first in in MechWarrior Five. And um, like these planets have markets, and uh, like you can go in the market, look for something. And um, as you mentioned, like this approach that they went for the mech lab, it kind of uh, de-incentivizes the market. It's like you 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 see the mechs that are available, and you're like, well, I have the things that I have are already like way better than everything in the market that's going to from now until the end of the game so there's no incentive like mm, to even like check the market you just salvage things and sell them for seagulls yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's I think that's another missed opportunity uh, here that if, if they allowed people to play around with the mechs they could basically make something that they loved like yeah. w- one thing one thing that I usually see in Micro 5 uh, Discord in like screenshot section, like people share the builds that they think are really great. Like they they might be like cheese builds or like things that, but it's actually pretty awesome. Like people come up with ideas like, hey, look at look at this mech I built. Like this this Rex face. Yeah. And this is uh, this is great. So this is something. Mm, 
I think it's it, it was a missed opportunity, like on this front alone. Sure. Uh, but I mean, yeah. looking at looking at the future, like for the game and the mod, I feel like some of this ties into the. Um, I guess you would. I obviously the systems, but it's like uh, balancing the economy of like uh, the like. What is the purpose? What is the purpose of salvage? What is the purpose of mm -hmm. being able to? Uh, negotiate points uh, for like a contract. I feel like a lot of these uh, things tie into each other. Obviously, we have the DLC. We have the new uh, beachhead mission. We're getting you know infantry um, with reloaded. Uh, we haven't had any updates in a bit. I wanted to ask mm -hmm. like what are what is your current like sort of plans for reloaded and or what is your future? Are you obviously are you just waiting till December tenth? And then we get an update. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of waiting waiting for the DLC. Like, there are some things in the DLC that makes um, a bunch of things that I was basically doing with spit and duct tape way easier. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, because right now you have to work with what you can access or what what what's available. But for example, with all this uh, like skill system with like. Uh, other types of uh, like equipment that they added to the game. Um, there's a lot of a lot more options to create like custom equipments. For example, like all the like upgrade modules and reloaded like uh, heat vents. I don't know like reinforced arms that sort of thing. Those are all using uh, heatsink data asset. So uh, if as 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 long as the game is concerned, those are heatsinks. Gotcha. But they're they are tweaked in a way uh, so that they don't affect the mech's cooling. And, and basically, there's other functions in place that that detects them. And basically, all right, so you have this this much of this module, you have this module, this module. All right, so tweak the mech stats in this way, tweak the mech stat in in, in that way. Like the weapons on these arms should generate less heat. Set set it. To be so, so that's um, that's kind of the approach. Um, with with added with some of the added equipment, more kind of like versatility can be added to uh, things. For example, ECM was something that they said that they're going to implement. Yeah. So I don't think like anyone put time on e implementing ECM. Uh, the I know like Merktech, um, uh, Magnum GB was working on uh, like implementing something like for ECM. Um, but I, I guess like people are just waiting for the DLC because there, there are a lot of things that are being added. And right now, um, like from the modding perspective, like some of those are, like to be honest, are concerning. It's like, do I have to redevelop yeah. some of these function yeah. uh, functions because like those these data assets like and that's another thing I was I was going to mention like initially is like modding tools and development tools. It's like when when you release the development tools, you're developing in parallel to the source, and whatever the source develops, if it's not compatible, it's going to invalidate your work, and you need yeah. to do it again. You cannot yeah. kind of like latch on to something. You have to redevelop it from yeah. scratch. So yeah, that's uh, that's the pains that's of being a modder. Like yeah, even if even if you're yeah. talking about Skyrim or any other like the reality of it is, is you are beholden sometimes to. And I you know, like, of course, I don't. There's no. Uh, it 
I think like it is just what it is sometimes. I, obviously, I don't think they want to hose anybody, but like, um, yeah. So let me ask you, I mean, obviously you've tackled UI, you've tackled uh, lasers, uh, the visual, you've, IK, you've done uh, MechLab, you, you've got Rescale. Have you thought about diving in? Because like a, a person like you, I feel like that's all well and good, but I still feel like, does that make you want to play the missions over and over again? And I feel like the missions now that they're really have you dove into the mission creation process because like, or what would you do to the game right now to improve the procedural stuff? Because like for me, it's one of those where it gets repetitive really quick. It's the same old, uh, same old. Now I did talk to Tori and we've got plans for mech manor. And it's the idea that with a DLC, they're adding it's already there as for secondary tertiary objectives and stuff like that, but other stuff mm -hmm. to happen as well. I mean, have you put in a lot of thought to like that? Like, because mech lab's cool. UI HUD's mm -hmm. cool, but then yeah. it's, it's only got so much before, like it, it can only take the game yeah. so far. Have you, have you thought outside that? I mean, I thought about it yet. Uh, like, mm, like real world work, and uh, like the, the workload uh, that I'm dealing with um, has left little time for that. I mean, even even on Reloaded, it's like I was cutting sleep hours basically on that. So it was like uh, three hours. You don't have an addictive hour. personality. It doesn't, you know, no, <laughs> not when it comes to you see a problem and you're like, I'm going to find that, you know, like, no, not at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, I do, but still it's <laughs> like, I'm going to, I'm going to fix it eventually or yeah. someone else will someone else will. uh i mean there's there's also another thing it's like when you when the editor was initially released and the mech lab and, and macquarie 5 initially released uh since basically i i spent like seven hours or so like playing the game like completing the game and then it was all about the editor like wrestling with the functions and uh, like the finding the the cause of like this and that error and then like opening the game closing the game opening the game closing the game does it work does it not work yeah. create this situation like test it test it test it it works yes it works it kind of uh like detaches you from the game and it it becomes like a project it's like a and, job uh, yeah and and then it's uh basically okay, me, if you're like let me rephrase this. Let me rephrase this. What would you like to see done to Mech 5 outside of what we're getting from DLC? Like, if you have specific, like, what would you like to see out of Mech 5? I mean, I don't know what's in the DLC with regards to um, missions. Like, I don't know if missions are, like, personalized or not. I would like a little bit more story. Like, because I'm, I'm just thinking about like Macquarie 5 without mods, like just as a game that, that is going to be released, for example, on Steam. And some, some player out there like, oh, it's, it's a game, I want to play it. Sure. And uh, the game like on itself needs to kind of like uh, offer good gameplay, like a, a good experience. And um, I would like to see like personalized missions, missions that you care about, like, for example, when you're running through the buildings, who are these guys? Like, who, what, 
what faction I'm representing, like are the faction standings are going to change. Um, because right right now your only interactions are with are with portraits of like some dude. Oh, it's 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 Kurita and that's yeah. Steiner. A little bit more personal uh, with what's going on. Like MechWarrior 4, I remember MechWarrior 4 Mercenaries. It wasn't like as expansive as MechWarrior 5. Like you couldn't go anywhere. But the places you could go, you could interact. Like there was interaction between like the 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 faction you were doing missions for. There were like missions that were back to back. Like the, there were dialogues in it that was linked to the previous events. Gotcha. Things, yeah. And then you kind of cared about what's going on and you, you kind of cared about things if that aspect comes back to make Warrior five like if um, even in BattleTech, uh even if like in my opinion it this story-wise it was a little bit short and shallow but still you kind of followed that follow followed the the narrative fo followed the story like there was um, people are out there gunning for you and uh, in MechWarrior 5, it kind of, it, it loses... Uh, you don't have as much uh, connection with your crew either, Yeah. right? You don't yeah, have it, the connection. It's more of a, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's more of a sandbox rather yeah. than... Well, which is what you, they went, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. r rather than, like, even, like, I, I want to, like, uh, like, use an example, like Skyrim and uh, The Witcher 3. I don't know if you played those games yeah. or not. Skyrim is a sandbox. Like you can have a quest pinging like for for three years and like things happen and you can go anywhere you can go there, like you can level something, completely forget about something else. Uh, the world of Witcher Three is also like a like an open world, but it's a living world. Sure. You can you can have like like interact in a more kind of immersive immersive way to to the world. That 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 sort of thing kind of sets apart the experience between like something that MechWare 5 is right now. Um I I think they they've mentioned that they've in, they're working on like hero mech quests. Yep. I hope they I hope they're they they kind of like bring about this uh this aspect. But yeah, we we will see. Yeah. And I think I think you know for me at least looking at it is I think what's tough is and I use this analogy, it's sort of like watching Bob Ross, when he first starts, right? He's painting, he does these large swaths, right? So their large swath is your Merc. We want you to travel from planet to planet and do these contracts. But when you do that, there's not a whole lot of detail because you're doing these large swipes of the brush, right? Like, yeah, okay, yeah. you can see the mountain, you know, but like, you know, and the tree, you know, whatever, the, you know, but, and that's where I feel like uh, the DLCs really need to add because the missions the problem with procedural missions is that if it doesn't have enough variance and variables to mm -hmm. me at least like every single war zone should not be the same also like make make it unique uh make it um instead of it just dropping more drop ships i mean one that like that that that's another thing too is it's like it almost feels to me like um it's it suspends uh, reality a bit for me because I because I am a military guy and, and and like and I've read all the novels and you know about the lore like mm -hmm. 
dropships are so valuable that you don't really put them at risk. To a planet, yeah. some backworld planet doesn't have literally 10 dropships. You may have yeah. one dropship on the planet. Uh, and then on top of that, like, if, if, if we're going to, and I talked about this with Tori, if you're going to do an assassination mission, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as you land, and this is where the cool thing is, like, if there's secondary objectives, like, if there's sensor towers or radar towers, or maybe your target was a base and you're trying to take out a colonel, as soon as mm -hmm. you land and then they detect you, it should be, like, warnings and klaxons, and they should either uh, yeah. rally up to try to kill you, get the VIP, or maybe they know who you're trying to come out, and he, you know, you've got this five-minute window to kill him, sort of like the original Mech Commander, funny enough, yep. uh, missions, or if you didn't. Um, stuff like that where it's realistic or you'd have this warning saying, you know, like you're violating, you know, like uh, House Steiner, you know, uh, whatever space, you know, uh, and you, on next thing you know, it's like, hey, you know, hey, boss, you have multiple incoming dropships uh, entering, you know, like you have five minutes and if you don't kill that target and get out of there, we're going to have it like to me, that mm -hmm. makes more sense. Right. And, and, and I didn't. And that's where I feel it's like sort of lacking because if you just keep playing, it's the same thing. And here, here, here's the thing. Some people like that gameplay loop currently. I, all I'm saying is I just want to see the gameplay loops expanded. So it's a unique experience every single time. You mentioned uh, 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 not having almost like an antagonist. Like that's what Battletech did, right? Like it created this, this big story loop of okay your family and and your world is taken away from you and oh it's from your uncle and your uncle's this bad guy and your cousin now mm -hmm. is bad guy but then oh well you killed this other dude's son and now he's coming after you like yep we if you had that type of stuff to where your actions had repercussions potentially like if you did piss off leo and they send a death squad after you like mm -hmm. so you're out just doing a regular mission and all of a sudden hey boss we're picking up picking up we don't know what's inbound to you or something like that. All of a sudden a dropship lands and it's like, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even MechWare 4 had this type of missions. Like you save a lance in one mission and then the next, like another mission, you're solo, like defending something and you're being overwhelmed and like suddenly like your uh, tactical officer like says that, oh, I I'm I'm picking up, like you're already overwhelmed and like, She's saying that, oh, I'm picking up additional mechs like coming your way. Uh, you're in trouble, and suddenly like they they come in as like, hey, like you uh, you remember us? You saved yeah. us from back that from like in that mission, like yeah. back on that planet. Uh, we're here to basically like uh, yeah. uh, like lend you a hand. So yeah. it's it's basically things that uh, that that you remember after sure. you play the game. Yeah. So yeah, I mean th these these sort of things like BattleTech did a did a good job. Like in in Microsoft 5 when when the tutorial ends uh you're basically you're given a name like Black Inferno, a corporation. Well, are you going to feel something about it? So is it is it someone? Like what do they want? Like yeah. they just they just landed and like killed this dude which you didn't even allow us to kind of interact and kind of like form a, a relationship with, yeah. uh, with with this character. Like it's like it, it was the tutorial guy. 
Yeah. Like that's that's basically it. So there's yeah. there's nothing more to that. Yeah. So remember macro 4 you were basically a lance mate up until to a level like you were under command like the drop commander was someone else and you're basically completing missions with them and uh that was like and through chatter and like back and forth like fun banter mac 4's intro sets the tone i mean you see your father sacrifice himself so you and your family can get out of there i mean that sets the yeah but the same thing in mech 5 i just you're just like uh, yeah it's the tutorial guy basically the tutorial guy dies (laughs) yeah and uh like in mech Mech 4 like the the opening scene the scene itself is dramatic like it it shows you it it it, uh, makes you feel sorrow for yeah. for the losses that that, that you're seeing yeah. and and basically builds up on it yeah. macro 5 it's just as i said it's the tutorial guy the yeah. tutorial guy dies and basically a statue gives you something on on a holo, holographic table and uh, i mean there's no yeah. there's no and, connection and to, right. to be yeah, to yeah. be fair russ did say that was their weakest thing and and you felt that it was tacked on but i feel like with a little bit of work and this is one thing we don't mm-hmm. know is are they going to touch up that like is rihanna actually going to have a cool looking outfit instead of what they have same thing with like like to me what i what i felt like and, and this is what i brought up with uh russ on the podcast um that you know the critique of mech 5 would be in BattleTech, you could go and ask your engineer a question and then it, it's like the normal uh, RPG, like, oh, what would you like to know, right? And, oh, well, l- tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get here? Where did you come from? Uh, did you have anything else to ask? And if mm-hmm. you don't have that with Rihanna or Fahad, and so you have this uh, character, which it's, again, I just feel like, I understand why it happened. They just didn't have time. That That's what it mm-hmm. was, time and money, right? Uh, to where um, uh, Fahad has backstory and he talks the way he mm-hmm. does, but you're never exposed to that inside Mac yeah. five. And so you've just got this like annoying, like, what is that? Like that's, it's, uh, and then, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and like, I see that same thing with like, um, uh, you know, spears and stuff like that. And I'm wondering if they're going to tie, you know, clean that up, make a little bit better. Uh, and we actually just don't know, like, are they going to, for a steam launch, are mm-hmm. they going to improve the, that, that initial yeah. sort of setting? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've talked uh, a lot uh, about Mech 5, and, and I feel like a lot of people are probably going to tune in for the next topic, and that's MechWare Online. Um, man, you've been involved for years, years and years yeah. uh, as far as giving input. Uh, let's go ahead and just start with the initial i guess impression of when podcast 204 came out what were you excited or were you more um as others said you know i'll believe it when i see it like what were your initial feelings i mean i was in a, like i i was and i still i'm still like happy that at least there's intention from PGI to come back to Micro Online and kind of like start working on on Micro Online in some aspect. I mean, 
the, I don't know to what extent, but at least what I see that they're not abandoning it. That's something, um, that's something positive because like after, was it, uh, June, uh, 2019, I think Russ had a podcast with you and back then he announced that, well, there's not going to be any more mech packs. There are not going to be any more patches as frequently. And that kind of like sounded mm, uh, the alarm for people. Oh, Macware Online is done. Like even they are done with with it. So uh, let's uh, let's enjoy the last days of this game. But now that we know that they have they didn't have the license, they just renewed it, and they want to come back to it. It is mm, it is something that gives people like kind of like hope. Uh, I can say. Uh, yet because of the past experiences um, that PGI were involved and were actively developing Micro Online, uh, some decisions were made uh, that were not really well received. Like some decisions were made that were not communicated. They were not kind of mm, like because. One thing that through the years in Micro Online that was happening was that when they changed something, unless it was like like out of whack broken, there was no hope for that to get fixed in the next six months. And that was and that's with the community basically like posting rants on the forums nonstop. Yeah. So it was something that the frustration came from that. And like when people were saying, all right, so you, you did this. What, why don't you just, you know it's a problem. Why don't you just go there and fix it? it? It's a very easy fix. I don't know. Like I can, now I can guess that perhaps they were really busy with Macware 5, yeah. with the development of Macware 5. Like they couldn't spare any engineer hours um, for Macware online uh, because yeah, on the surface, it's just editing an XML. Like a lot of those fix is just editing an XML. You can make make custom mechs using editing XMLs. And uh, but it has to be kind of tested. It has to be kind of like uh, validated by an engineer to make sure that okay, so no, no, nothing's nothing's broken. Everything's yeah. working. And I think they, they 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 couldn't spare any engineer hours Since to, to to work on that. Yeah. Metcon 2018. I mean, really, that's. <clears throat> That's, I mean, when Russ went up there and Paul and Paul didn't have any answer, I think that it's funny because I, I was working, I was running back and forth. And so I remember seeing it, but I had someone tell me like they knew exactly like Mech 5 was front and stage and it pretty much seemed like MWO was just mm. pushed to the side. Um, I'm just always surprised uh, by that as well, too, considering Mechware Online has been so successful. Um, you think that that would be your your main like focus and 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 stuff like that. But I mean, from a development standpoint and a team like they, you you only have so many people. You can't mm-hmm. just keep hiring and hiring and hiring. Uh, someone out there is like, well, just hire more engineers. This I, one you probably have never owned a business and you don't understand. Like that's not. You know that's not practical. Um, but let's let's dive into some some talks. You you were on the podcast, the community podcast, uh, mm-hmm. with the crew, and I wanted to pick your brain about things because I got Nutty Rat's perspective. 
I've talked to Tori. Um, you know, one of the big things was uh, skill tree. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I would say skill tree scale. Me and you have talked a lot about scale behind the scenes because of Mac 5 as well from the gameplay, but also for MWO. Uh, and of course, 8v8 uh, and, and so forth and so on. So let me go ahead and just start with uh, solo, group queue, 8v8, 12v12. What are your opinions on it and why? How do you feel? Should should it, should groups be... Well, obviously, I don't think it's crazy to also assume like if population grew, you can split groups again. I, I think that's a given. I You know, like they would probably mm-hmm. do that, right? But sell me on 8v8. What makes it better than what we have right now? Why would the masses uh, benefit from it? Or do you feel I that mean, way? Yeah, just from the solo play perspective, like we will get to group uh, queue as well. Just from uh, the solo play perspective, I think 8v8 would be better than what we currently have. Like, and the reason being, like, the maps themselves, um, when, you, when you have, like, 12 mechs on one side and 12 mechs on the other side, there's no real way to kind of, like, have any sort of, like, control over the battle when you can get overwhelmed in an instant, even though, like, the majority of the team, like, you have, like, four... Um, like eight mechs on one side of the one side of a hill and four on the other side of the hill, and the firepower itself that's uh, that's in there. Like for example, let's say you're you're a sniper. You want to kite uh, around the map and you want to you want to shoot and you want to control the map. Because there's so much going on in the game and so many mechs in there, you better off. I mean, not doing it. It's like, all right, so grab grab a mech that can like put out huge amount of DPS and just go farming because that's the name of the game. Like, there's if if you don't uh, do that, you have to rely on eleven other people to survive the DPS from the enemy team, so you can basically control the tone of the battle. So it eliminates a lot of like roles. And uh, kind of like funnels into a bunch of like mechs that are built to farm solo queue, like like put out as much damage as possible in the shortest amount of time. Like that's what like there there are multiple factors to like what mechs are can can do that, but really like there's only like uh, a few mechs that are capable of that. Like it, just talking about the solo queue in 12v12, and when you have like a bunch of those mechs in the same match, the match ends really quickly. And uh, from the perspective of a new player, well, they just launch into a match and uh, they get annihilated quickly because they yeah. don't know they don't know the map. Like, so if, uh, uh, let me, yeah. if I can jump in, um, is that a 12v12 issue or is that more of just power creep from the mechs and what's capable now? I think I think it's a twelve. Like part of it is twelve v twelve. Okay. Uh, because there's just so much on the map. Like there's there's one like another another case that happens usually is that the, the NASCAR usually NASCAR starts when two players want to have some flanks on the enemy team, and when you have more players, suddenly like you see like five players are trying to have a flank on the enemy. 
and um, you basically have like a bunch of lights who are out of nowhere, like nowhere near the bulk of the team. And uh, you have the isolated like heavyweights at the back who are, who are trying to catch up, who are not seeing anyone to shoot at. And the enemy team is doing the same thing. So you have no chance of fighting against like five mechs, all with DPS flanking your side. You're just going to die. Or you have to run for your life. Like running for your life is the experience right now in 12, 12v12. You have to kind of like step uh, sure. on heads and shoulders of your teammates to come on top, sure. to stay alive. And uh, like there are some cases when it gets to like, well, like 12, um, like uh, a 1v1 at the end or like a 3v4 at the end. And it's really close. But 90% of the time, it's okay. just a snowball. So and that's that's I think yeah. So okay, numbers wise, I I can I can I can sort of see that angle. Uh, but you you mentioned the player behavior there, which is you know maybe two lights went to go flank, but now it's lights and mediums. I have to question is again when you have mechs like the Vulcan or you have mechs medium mechs with as much firepower, you know, or and sometimes structure or armor and heavy and stuff like. I just feel like I don't know if 8v8 is the end all be all there because I feel like it's a it's an onion, right? It's like multiple layers yeah. are, have over the period of eight years have oh, led 100%. to like, why do we see it now so much? Or like when in NASCAR, like, like now it's like instantly the match starts and people are like, boom, they're gone. Like it's that's so I just don't know. Would would 8v8 get rid of that? Or would it just... I mean... You know, go ahead. Uh, go, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, from a solo perspective, I mean, are you... I, I feel like... You mentioned the assaults getting lagged behind and they're always trying to catch up, but I also feel like assaults aren't as scary as they were, right? And mm -hmm. I would... I mean, is that... They're slower. They're easier to kill, right? Um, some of them do have some nice firepower on them, but, like, it doesn't mean anything when you're mm -hmm. getting flaked by, you know, like... How do you like? Let me. I mean, go ahead. I, can, I can give you an example. Sure. Uh, let's uh, imagine Canyon Canyon Network. Um, like usually, that's that's the map that the NASCAR is more yeah. evident around around the centerpiece. Um, if if it consider an eight v eight situation when you're basically in a Fafnir or a Direwolf, you on yourself is more than capable of ho holding your line against a heavy mech and a medium mech. And uh, that's that's all you need to do. Like, you know, we're the, the position you, you they call the spine on Canyon. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, if you park your mech, if you don't follow through with the NASCAR, if you park your mech there, use the cover that is there and let if and wait for the enemy like because that's usually the the overlooking one of the corners on that NASCAR uh, racetrack, and basically you can control the NASCAR if it's just against like one grasshopper and like one I don't know stormcrow something. You have enough firepower to counter it, and I'm just talking about like one or two maybe assault mix there. In 12v12, when that number in front of you. Is not two mechs, it's usually four mechs, and you get overwhelmed. 
And basically one of them will start charging you, two of them will start charging you. There's also no, con you have no control on what the, what weapons the enemy can take. So they can be brawlers, they, could, they can just charge you. And uh, you basically get outnumbered quickly. Even now in 12v12, if you can convince, if, if you have enough mechs on your team, assault mechs on your team, like two Madcat, two Bs and a Fafnir, and you park in that fine, you you basically steamroll the enemy enemy lands if they try to NASCAR. So basically, it comes down to like the numbers, and uh, NASCAR gets frustrating because of that. Because usually, a fast assault make a slow assault make at the back usually gets picked up by the fast wolf pack, and the wolf pack moves on, and basically gets on the next target, gets on the next target. I mean, I've been in a solo match. In a single wolfhound, I killed eleven enemy mechs because of that. Yeah, it's like all right. So there was there was no fight going on. People were running after each other, and basically, I was the only fast mech on my team, and the enemy team didn't have any fast mech. I basically sure. backcourt eleven mechs. So that's that's a problem. Sure. And so, uh, so it's twofold though, mm -hmm. because like that's uh, game design issues, maybe of uh, the too many mechs, too much firepower. But also player behavior is just like mm -hmm. ah, I'll just we're just gonna whatever fatty sorry you guys are gonna be sacrificed like eh. yeah I mean another another part of it is is map knowledge like usually um, because if for you to be able to hold that spine is that you know that this is a power position you have tried it before and uh, you have to have re like really high confidence in what you're you're doing in order to kind of like go against something like go against the nascar that is happening so it's not generally there in the player base right now like the easiest maneuver they can go with and they have seen being played is that if i run from the enemy and catch the slow ones at the back uh, i can just get kills and put damage into them because no one wants to face like six charging enemy mechs all by themselves there's also another issue of trust I've seen many times in the game, like people calling, please don't NASCAR, like let's not NASCAR, let's go there, don't NASCAR, but it ends up in a NASCAR anyway. Because in a solo play game, you don't trust people. Like, okay, so I, I just told these guys to hold there. Are they gonna do it? Uh, because if they don't do it, I'm screwed. So yeah. I just choose the path, safest way, so I just, go there and like i i do the nascar as well and i do it better yeah. so th that's basically the reason uh and and 12 like 12 I, I get what you're saying 12 v 12 and 8 v 8 they can kind of like uh amplify a problem um that is not related necessarily to 8v8 or 12v12 like 12v12 can amplify a problem that's what i'm worried about yeah like we're yeah. having this we're having the discussions out there and and i'm that's why i'm just asking people because like are we miss is it you can't see the forest through the trees sort of thing like you know mm -hmm. hey cool we go to 8v8 or hey you make these changes to this or that but is it the mobility of the game is it the fact of quirks have gotten out of hand and and you know the mechs you know is it the fact of the mechs that are still really really good in that sort of push this have the mobility whereas the other ones don't like or or is it what are we missing like if if i was to ask you how do you make 12v12 work then like if you were if we were to say okay 
instead of saying AB8, how do you make 12v12 work? Like, wouldn't that just as mm -hmm. equally be a good question instead of just saying, well, yeah. just revert to AB8? Well, you already have 12v12 there. You know, mm -hmm. how do you make that? You how do you how do you change the behavior of the game? What needs to be changed? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I mean, I think that comes to the level design. If, um, like, let me go back, like, faction play, when they released faction play. Um, like, level design is something other than map design. Like, yes, sure. you, can, you can, like, create something that looks beautiful. Like, that's art. Level design is something that you need to be a player to know that, all right, so is this map feature that I'm designing, is it going to be, like, a power position? Is it going to be exploited? Like, well, what, how, how is it going to play? For 12v12, I think you need to design your levels around it. Like, because right now, the maps that we have, like Canyon, like dumping 24 mechs on it, it's just a mess. Um, a map like, I don't know, Alpine Peaks, that is something that can suit 12v12 play. Like, because you have enough space, you have enough, like, lines, you have enough positions for three lances to basically control the flow of the fight. Or if you want to go, like, if you want to delve deeper into 12v12 play, honestly, I would redesign faction play from scratch. Because right now, what we have as faction play, I mean, it's fun. It's like, uh, yeah, 12, you, you jump in with your friends and you have respawns. But um, I would redesign faction play, primarily the maps and levels. Right now, we have Siege mode, which was the main mode of faction play. And it's basically zombie horde mode yeah. with one side getting to play as the zombies. So it's not, it's not like the first map that they released for uh, faction play, uh, Boreal. It's just, you just need a bunch of long-range long weapons sitting on the base, and the enemy team can't even open the gate. Yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes the, the the defenders need to let the attackers open the gate so the match can move on. Otherwise, so are, they're stuck. To back up here, so are you saying that you would rather just keep solo in groups eight, but if you want the twelve, go to faction play? Is that what you're saying? Because like what I'm asking is, how do you make mm -hmm. faction or how do you make twelve v twelve work in group play? In group, like that. That's also that's also level design. I mean, it's 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 all about level design. You have to have enough space for three lances to work on a map. You cannot do it in a map like Canyon. Yeah. You, you can sort of do it in Tourmalin, but Tourmalin Deserts all, is also centered around mm, like a limited space. Yeah, in a, it, in it a sense. sort of pincers in, so you do it, yeah. So, I, yeah. so what you're, you're basically saying is like, the reality of it is, is you had 8v8 that worked well on the smaller maps, but as soon mm -hmm. as you went to 12v12, it also exacerbates the issues. I, like I said, e even on Termaline or, um, I mean, you still, I mean, Rubelite would be a good example, I mm -hmm. guess, of a map done yep. right with verticality. It allows short range, long range uh, plays, yep. maneuverability and stuff like that. Um, but you still have NASCAR that happens on Rubelite, you know, like to some extent, you know, somewhat. Mm -hmm. I mean, NASCAR on Rubelite, it's, it's really, like it's, it's rare, like a full-on NASCAR, based on what I've seen. Like usually, it's not scouting the enemy. It's basically all right. So you don't, 
I have to be honest, many people don't know maps, like where the normal approach path for the enemy. And basically, like if you don't see the enemy on that position, where can they be? So yeah, and they still go to that position and they get greeted by like 10 enemy mechs like in their face. So it's like usually that's that's the problem on a map like rubelite because of the verticality of the map scouting is way more important than uh on the other maps because if you you want to know all right so the platform i'm standing in i'm standing on like are there mechs under it can i jump down in case of danger or like there, there's there's lots of there's lots going on in that map which can play into 12v12 and 12v12 on that map plays well Yet on maps that are centered around like a limited space, HPG, uh, Caustic yeah, Valley, yeah. Canyon Network, yes, exactly. Infernal, you know, yeah, like all of the. Yeah. yeah, those turn into a mess. Yeah. And and in those situations, as I said, the more DPS you have, the more uh, you, the chances of your success will be. Like yeah. for example, you take a Madcat 2B, and it's basically dumping as many bullets into the enemy as you can like in the shortest amount of time and pray I, I that the, the weapon yeah yeah basically pray that the that the weapons don't jam yeah. so that's basic that becomes the gameplay yeah. so, and then yeah, you throw I mean, in a little bit of organization on comms or a group and mm-hmm. it definitely tips in their favor okay so like yeah and the group queue as you mentioned i i don't know how to feel about it because in 8v8 having a four man in 8v8 um it's a lot. Can, it's a lot of control. Can, yes. I would say even in 12v12 right now, having a good four-man on yeah. one team, it, yeah. it controls the match. It's, yeah, 100%. it's basically, yeah. Because you, you just you just storm uh, an enemy lance, you completely destroy it, and that's instantly an advantage. Like Even if you have like other less experienced people on your team, you can compensate. You just go and start killing the rest of the enemy team. It's yeah. it's uh, it's very kind of simple. Yeah, in, I, I, in it was HB8, in a, it's gonna be worse. Yeah, and and that's where I was gonna like ask because like I I not only like I said I'm not necessarily convinced because again I feel like we may be missing other stuff here, but like the fact of the matter is is PGI is at least recognized that you know when they made the solo and group. Queue, they said, Hey, we gotta bring it back down. We're gonna do four man. You're gonna have this amount of tonnage. I still think that's way too much currently. I've and, and from a balance perspective, it should be two mans and then limited on tonnage. But like even you guys in that panel recognize how how like how much groups can sway the outcome of the match. And then when I when I heard it, it was like, well, let's just keep the four mans. Well, let's keep actually two date mans. And I'm thinking that's why I was asking Nutty, like, what is how many people are are at that level what you're talking about i mean ash and, and me were talking about it in, in stream chat it's like well if you're less than a percent are you are you advocating potentially for a group queue that actually isn't good for the game in the casual players because if the idea is that you have four mans i still feel like it would just make a group queue that really good players would just be rolling around stomping the shit out of people and but the only way to change that is not tonnage not weight class restrictions it's limiting the amount of 
players in a group. I mean, that's the only way you can do that, right? I mean, I mean, I think another thing was brought up in that, uh, like something like an opt-in for solo players. Yeah. Like you have an option that, all right, so you know what you're getting into, and um, like by default have group play and solo play separate, or just allow two-man groups in solo play. If you want to play more than a two-man group, you have another kind of queue, but I guess that that requires some development on that sure. side. Yeah, probably. Um, that uh, will allow solo players to have a tick or an option for group queue opt-in. Like I'm a solo player, sure. but I don't mind. I don't mind playing, being kind of dragged into a group play if 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 I can help make a match. Yeah. Solo or or you can basically just choose not to. You want to yeah. you want to stick to solo play and you, you do that. My only concern would be like if you're designing group queue to be eight man and you're relying on solos, what happens if there aren't solos there? That I feel like that it just it's like another variable that potentially might cause some matchmaker like where it can't find a match because it's looking for like one person or three individuals or oh there's not a three mm -hmm. man. Like and that's what I was saying is like wouldn't the easier route just to say just just make it two mans or oh if you wanna like are people wanting a group queue to be competitive? Is that what the masses want? Like, you know, is that what, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. is like when yeah. you enter in a four man group, like, you know, you're going to get, I mean, because we used to have those matches back in the day, SJR, yeah. Lords, all yeah. those. I, I remember those days, like, and some yeah. of those matches were really good. You'd have groups that were part of the same unit fighting each other, but sometimes they would accidentally be in the same. Yeah. Right. So, what is, and I guess that's my question to you, what would you like to see? What do you think it should be? Should it be more lean towards casual or should it go more towards a hardcore sort of competitive play where you're going to have to bring your A game? Mm, I mean, if it was me, I would uh, limit the size of group for solo queue to two man and then have another queue if you want to go like higher, like seven man, eight man, whatever, six man. And um, I still think that uh, there are solo players that are going to be, they're going to opt in in that mode of play because they just want a match. Like the the better, like the sooner they get a match, the better. Okay. If 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 you're in a four man and you're not finding matches, well, we can just make two two man groups and stop dropping the solo queue. So I think that would be. Um, that's my opinion. I mean, people might disagree, and I can understand because right now, like me and my unit play four-man groups in solo queue, and it's it's fun. It's basically relaxed play. But even twelve v twelve, it's really commanding. So, like, yeah. uh, like I I have seen matches that we basically dropped in AC ten urban max. And double deed the entire enemy mech, enemy yeah. team, like yeah. the entire twelve enemy players, uh, no more than hundred damage. Yeah, like that's that's a command. Like that is something you might be having fun, but it's I personally think that it's not good for longevity of. Uh, it's interesting because yeah. you're bringing up a good conversation, which is maybe statistically what you guys are doing is so small in the grand scheme of things of games kicking off 
But to me, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, yeah, but every single time that person's going up against those groups, it's like, oh, shit. Like, there's there's been a few, like, in this past yes. month, I've dropped against you being solo, and I'm like, oh, there's Naveed, there's, oh, I'm like, ah. Like, I already I, mean, I dropped solo. Yeah, I dropped solo against groups, and I'm like, <sighs> well, this is going to be a tough one. Like, I'm, I'm just yeah. here to chill. I'm just here to relax. Yeah. But now it's like, it's... it's the weight, it's, it's like, on. yeah, the balance is like, ah, oh, like, I'm going to, yeah. There's been matches, too, where it's like, it'll be a three-man. And within the first minute and a half, I already know that I'm going to lose. I mean, yeah, because you're playing and suddenly, like, it's two minutes in the game and four people in your team it, are dead. Just, so. you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and, and that's, like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I, I sometimes wonder if, like, this may come up. Is NASCAR just the ultimate like evolution of the game too like where and what i mean is i don't know this may sound stupid but like we were all potatoes back in the day like that's is that the reason we didn't see it as much anymore and then it's just started picking up and then as the top players and their information trickle down and you know things maybe get a little bit faster and you know you get a little bit more map awareness you know all that is this you know i don't know that's i mean I think it's not it's not the the ultimate evolution because countering a NASCAR is pretty easy yeah. in uh, in quick play game. If the, if people listen, like you yeah. can just call the entire yeah. team call the entire team into a position yeah. and basically say, all right, so guys, ready ready your weapons, prepare yeah. to shoot, and we're yeah. gonna win the game. Well, even that's on, basically it. Yeah. Yeah, even on Canyon. It's like, hey guys, uh, the the one I forget the the one where you're down low, and it's like all you have to do is just wait until they ridge, because you know they're already rotating. Yeah. It's like, guys, just wait. Yeah. Just three, two, one. Oh, blam! Same, you know. It's like, yeah. yeah. So, uh, like I said, ignore that comment. I was just, I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, that's that's basically like uh, if, as I said, it comes to map knowledge and experience. Sure. If you don't have uh, playtime experience. It's gonna delve into an NASCAR because that's the safest approach. You haven't tried anything else, and you've seen because NASCAR has two sides, and one side always wins. So it's like you've seen it, seen NASCAR winning games, and I'm like, and you're like, all right, so I just take a fast mech and start running after the enemy, and um, and I don't need to, I don't need to trust anyone, and basically I I can fight my own my own fight. So yeah. it's it it is something that that uh, comes into the nature of solo play um and how, how the nascar goes because it's all about the experience in the game and uh knowing the map and you don't choose uh your teammates in solo play so gotcha. that's that's the thing why it's so kind of like prevalent if you've played faction play on some of the quick play maps there's no nascar at all uh, like, let's say you're dropping an eight-man with the team, and you're up against a twelve-man enemy team. Absolutely no NASCAR. Like, that's. I think that that's that that's enough evidence for me. It's like, it's a, it's about lack of experience. Gotcha. Uh, in okay. So we've talked about group. We talked about solo. Um, can we talk about a uh, skill tree? What? Mm -hmm. What would you like to see done there? Uh, I mean, I agree with this skill tree, uh, but 
not a skilled puzzle. Right now, it's a maze. I mean, you have this uh, because Micro Online on itself is a complicated game. Like when yeah. when players come in, it's very complicated. Lot, yeah. Lots of things going on. Like even just building your mechs, like all all these equipments. Like what do they do? Like how many the ghost heap? Like it's so overwhelming uh, yeah. for for a new player to kind of digest. And then there's skill tree, which is big part of like optimizing and building your max. And uh, on itself, it's also a puzzle. All right, so which path is the more optimal? Can I get one more range node from that? Or can I get one more cooldown from that path? Um, like, can I, can I have that? Can I have this? Um, it's, it's really overwhelming. Like, I think all they needed to do, and, and that is something that if I want to discuss this, it's like, if, if they want to change anything to this um, on the skill tree, there would be another refund. It's inevitable. Yeah, they would, they're going to have to uh, do that regardless. Yes. Yeah. Like right now, there's like, nine, like, I don't mind it, but some people might might do. I mean, I, I would hope that they do a refund and reskill, redesign the skill tree. Um, but mm, I mean, I understand if if they fear that people would respond negatively, but that's that's a can of worms, as Russ say it, uh, says it, that I'm willing to open. Yeah. It's like, all right, so do it right, do it once. Um, so you just reduce the number of nodes, make make those percentages um, kind of noticeable. When you're scaling your mechs, it's it's a grind, it's a marathon, and when when it's over like a hundred matches for a single mech, you just kind of forget. Okay, so is this having an effect? Like, am I like like five meters of range, like two meters of range? Is it is it is it fine? Not. And um, if 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 you do like a if if you want to optimize that mech again, you still need to play it like for like fifty more matches, and like all right, so no, I I wanted those. I want those on my mech, yeah. so now you got to grind that's, more. That's a, yeah, yeah. And, and if you're a new a player, that might, that's yeah, that yes. sucks, right? Yeah, that's a problem. So they need to reduce the number of nodes significantly and kind of like compact it into less trees. Right you, now, for example, we have. Do you, do you think every mech should have the same trees? Mm. Because if you if you if you're a, if you're a player, you're always going to go down for cooldown. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, there are yeah, I mean, some, some nodes, nodes that are, are always, really valuable. Yeah, yeah, and, and I guess that's what I'm going to is like, even if you go back to the old system, that was I think one of the the core from like a balancing perspective is like, oh well, every mech has cooldown, heat containment. It's like, should it? You know, w would you like to see that be different? Because I mean, that that does it's a bigger balance. Uh, it's more work to do it that way, but then. Um, then that way you can micro control what percentages of, oh, well, maybe this mech doesn't get any, uh, I don't know, whatever, uh, as much or as many cooldown nodes because it's already strong or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think unifying the skill tree across all the mechs is the best approach. Specializing can be done with the quirks. Okay. Uh, it would be less complicated. Um, I think, and that's that's my personal opinion. Like, uh, there might be like someone that can come with a better design that can like kind of have mechs with different trees. 
working. But even then, um, you could have different percentages for those nodes for different classes. Because right, right now, we have like armor and structure nodes, which have different percentages. Like I've, I've seen the files. You can basically define a node to have even different percentages for a certain chassis. So that, that, can, be, that can be something. But uh, ha unifying the number of skill nodes and uh, how many skill nodes a mech can, can invest in that skill tree would, I think, would be the best approach. Gotcha. And then, and then like reducing the number of nodes, reducing the dependencies on things that are not really dependent on each other uh, would, would allow more kind of like specialized uh, way of play earlier in, yeah. in, in your gameplay without, without going through this puzzle. And, and let me just clarify, I guess, too, when I, when I made that statement. I, I think it's also, too, is like if you already have a really good mech that is the Mark II Bravo, like mm -hmm. uh, it's like, okay, well, of course, you're going to go down for the cooldown. My question from a balance perspective is like, do you want that to happen? Like you're already making like the good mech is now getting more right of, of something that makes it even more lethal that just to clarify um, my, my, I guess my issues too, with the skill tree is like, I don't like the fact of some of it uh, unlocks equipment or makes it work at the base level like ECM. I don't like the fact of you have to unlock nodes to make this piece of equipment work. Right. Mm -hmm. that, to yep. me, that just, it's sort of counterintuitive. I, I like, and that's yeah. why I was asking about the, uh, like imagine on the Raven 3.0, like it has ECM nodes, uh, and maybe it's to boost its, you know, like base range, you know, like it should just work. And then you can, oh, mm -hmm. well, it's a specialized, then it can get more range or it can hold locks for, you know, all that stuff. I just feel like that's, I guess, where it could be unique if you did individualized or, you know, I guess, you know, we've mm -hmm. got quirks, but. Um, I just don't like the fact of like this piece of equipment is locked behind the skill skill tree and 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 so forth. I, are you concerned? I mean, from the min maxing standpoint, I think that was one of the concerns too. Is like uh, because nodes they're just nodes you just will ignore. Like right now, there are tree like as I joke, uh, jump jet tree or whatever. You just you never really use it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like so, um. Yeah, and and then also like is range versus cooldown versus duration, which is more important for uh, the players out there. And if you condense that, uh, does it make some just even more more uh, go to than others? Right. So. Yeah, I mean, there's always there's always min maxing. Uh, like the the purpose of a skill tree is about min maxing basically, and uh, I mean as you said, some of the nodes are just unnecessary. Like, uh, for example, uh, ECM, you've already paid the tonnage and slot price for that equipment. Like, yeah. it doesn't need to be behind something else to work. Because if you don't have those nodes, you might as well not have the ECM because everyone's going to detect you from 700 meters. So what's, what's the point? Yeah. And uh, like, some, some, of the, some of the passive effect uh nodes like sensor range like data data acquisition target retention like seismic sensor uh those things can can still be like on the skill tree like some things can go i mean ecm as you said 
is not necessary. Jump jets doesn't need to have like five levels of three percent incremental changes. Yeah. And uh, how do you feel about cool shots and cool already shots, in airstrikes being a part I mean, of it? I think that uh, if they want to change something, they need to limit mechs to one strike. Because right now, everyone, like if, if you have two on your mech, it's just strike spam everywhere. And um, because of how deadly the strikes are, um, sometimes like you, you get destroyed like with, with a single strike and that's the match for you. Like it's it's even worse for light mechs. Yeah. Sometimes for airstrikes, like <clears throat> sometimes you don't see the smoke because how the airstrike works, and then boom, you're gone. Yeah. Um, and uh, it 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 doesn't end. Like it continues till the the end of the match because everyone has two, and just spams them around. There's also another aspect to it is that when you have two, you have two uh, chances chances of screwing up. A perfect strike from another player because you just want to get some cheap cheap damage around the corner or a single mech. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like what comes into like having multiple strikes on a mech. I think UAVs are something that is good to have too because it it doesn't have a direct effect on um, on your mech's performance. Like in in the damage output, it's a passive information tech. Sure. It's it's good to have two UAVs like scouting scouting mechs specifically like in competitive play. Sometimes scouting mechs has uh, two UAVs and it's very valuable. Cool shot, mm, I mean, it's not a big deal as strikes are because strikes have a direct effect sure. on on the fight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we have four capture assist nodes. Why do we have four? Yeah, like. It's just it's just one node. You it like is your mech is going to be capture assist mech or or no? Like well, what is this? Like you have four nodes, you have two narc nodes. Like okay, so have one balance the values and have one. Like well, why do you have like this much clutter? Yeah. And uh, like unify some of the trees. Like jump jets and mobility are kind of the same thing. Like just just have a mobility tree. I feel like jump jets uh, just should be removed from that anyways and just make yeah, jump I mean, jets better basically, right yeah like, i mean you, yeah. you don't really <laughs> need the jump jets and that like i have something to say about like some of those quirks as well but um yeah jump jet tree is not something necessary like i don't i don't think i have jump like uh, jump jet nodes on any of my mechs like I don't perhaps have on perhaps on two like really specialized mechs for yeah. competitive play but uh, not yeah. like that's basically it. Two yeah. out of like six hundred mechs. Yeah. And uh, like from the survival uh, tree, like again, it's just a maze. Like you have. Would Would you, you agree have... though? Mm -hmm. Like I, I was, I was asking uh, Nutty. I almost feel like how many of your trees look exactly the same or are exactly the same? Most of them. Most. Most of so them. So it's a false sense of choice yeah. right i mean that's what it is it's like saying like hey you get to quirk out your mech but i mean mm -hmm. you don't really i mean so yeah, then I mean, if we're if we're talking about it it's not really a tree of choice it's yeah. more of just a 
if you know what you're doing leveling up it's yeah a leveling and so up like system, then yeah. then why have choice in it why not just basically have a system that hey as you hit certain xp increments you're going to unlock these bonuses and then you never have to worry about clicking you just automatically get this i mean why not just make it easy for everybody like why even have that you know mm -hmm. i mean for competitive play you can see mm, like vastly different trees uh, because the roles like only one mech needs, needs to have something the rest can kind of feed off that and then mm, like capture assist is is really important on some of the mechs like you don't you might not need heat generation nodes on some of the like ac like ballistic centered mechs uh, you perhaps uh, is better off with survival tree. Some, some, sure. sometimes you don't need survival tree. You need like maximum mobility, but it all comes down to like really min-maxing your mech for the role sure. it's gonna play. For solo play, uh, most of the skill tree for solo play look the same, yeah. honestly. At least, for, at least for my, uh, yeah. in my case. I also Unless feel like it's really different. Yeah, it's yeah, a different I... build, but most of it is, is the same. Yeah. I also feel like um, what a knockdown effect that we I don't think has ever really talked about, but go back to when the skill tree first came out is mobility. The idea that you're having to choose, well, I'm going to go firepower on like a direwolf, survivability, and, oh, well, do you need to worry about operations? I feel like what happened is it, it, it took the legs out from underneath a lot of mechs that, they were on equal footing beforehand. All the mechs, you know, with the skill tree of the set of eight and then, you know, elite and master. And who's going to choose the entire mobility tree to get maybe mobility that the direwolf needs? Because again, uh, the, you know, uh, a, a fast moving heavy or whatever doesn't have to worry because it's not as big and, and blocky. Does that make sense? I mean, are you seeing where I'm getting like, I feel like, that's also another contributing factor is like when the skill tree came in, this idea of choice and because to get those the mobility stats back, you're never going to choose, I don't know how many nodes, 40 nodes versus, oh, well, I do firepower. And then the argument is, well, you're making that choice. Well, no, because the base mobility for heavies and mediums is going to be higher. So then, it, and again, I, it sort of goes back to I, that statement I made earlier, which is I feel like assaults, um, because really that's probably the weight class I think is fallen off the most. I feel like assaults, for the most part, except for your Mark IIs and your Death Strikes at the time, and the, you know this or that, the ones that can move at a decent clip of speed and have a better profile, you, you see a... Yep. You, you see these similarities of what why mechs uh, do well and some don't. But like I just feel like so many assault mechs and are just they're they're it's a uh, how do I put this? Uh, it, it's you not because they're vulnerable, they are a, a hindrance to your team. They're a they're they're more of a I'm, uh, there's a word for it. I'm just told it's blanking. Um, they're 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 a hindrance to your team and uh they're going to be taken out I'm, i can't think of the word right now but it's like they're it's like a negative connotation because you have the mech basically i there's a word in my head i just can't think of 
uh, I'll probably think about it like three o'clock in the morning, wake up and be like, ah, that's what it was. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think skill tree affected the game across the board and I don't think it's talked about enough. I mean, I don't know, man. Like I, I also just question is like, is that system good for MWO in the first place? Like, is it a good fit? Like, cause what you just suggested is going to mean reduction of nodes across the board. Good. Less clicks easier no gatekeeping blah blah blah, whatever you're still gonna have to refund all of that xp which goes back to that's gonna be the problem well well then my question is is that still the best system because if you're gonna have to do that is that a good route is there something better for mwo outside of this skill tree you know like i I, that's it would be the time to explore that right because if you're gonna have to re revert the xp anyways Um. Yeah, I mean, there are other alternatives. Like as I remember back then, when Skill Tree was going to come out, um, an expanded version of uh, like what they were going for at the time. Like some mechs had like uh, two or three weapon modules, like uh, two kind of like one master module, and uh, like two sensor modules, and you can just like. You could buy those modules. Like everyone would basically was going for seismic and radar deprivation back at the uh, yeah. back in the day, and like some range and that sort of stuff. I mean, some people were like, like I've seen some ideas back then. I don't, I might not really remember them. That to, wanted them to expand on that system, like, uh, like, but at the end of the day, it just becomes like a skull tree with less nodes. Um, like, um, I also remember when they initially released the skill tree, every weapon had its own tree, like yeah. large, large pulse laser had its yeah. own medium pulse laser or pulse lasers. I think pulse laser You're had right, their own yeah, yeah. lasers, had their own Gauss rifles had their own. It, it was too much. And, uh, they kind of like, unified them all into, into something. I th- Mm. You know, be. A, I don't know. I go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I think. I think like one one of the things that they can do, like, like uh, again, I'm remembering my thoughts from like three years ago, that um, they can kind of specialize the weaponry. Like for example, when you go into the web, it it needs redesigning, of course. Uh, if you when you go to the weaponry, you're presented with like missile, ballistic, energy. And like ballistics, you don't really need cooldowns, cooldown nodes in ballistic. You 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 can have like ballistic the cooldown nodes for ballistics, but with less effect, less number of them. And uh, like that can focus on things like more ammo, that can focus on like more critical damage, more velocity, and um, that that sort of things that necessarily doesn't increase your damage output because it's already maxed out what what you can put in a Madcat 2B. Uh, like it, I'm not saying not at all, but like you can control like the, the amount that they that they give. And then you have the energy tree, which you can put all your like heat generation quirks there, heat, heat generation nodes there, like range nodes there, uh, duration nodes there. And uh, kind of specializing for the weapon that you need, and then you have missiles like you can have like like spread spread nodes or just one spread node basically, and then 
um, I guess, uh, like missile critical damage, like missile velocity, or I don't know if, if it's a good idea to have different velocities for different weapons, or have something like a, like a universal thing. Um, but that is something that I remember I was thinking about back then. I never made a post. I never like kind of like went on on it. I was yeah. like, okay, so this is the, this is the game. I just play it. Yeah. Uh, like they could go for something like that, and they could like balance the game using that. Sure. So that so that it's not really like a min max thing. It's yeah. more based on like also what you have on your mech. They yeah. can go with mobility as well. That that sort of approach. Rather than like this general like puzzle. Yeah, I've talked about the skill tree like um, I think with Mike about it, where he was basically saying I'd just revert it back to the old way. And a part of me also asked the question: Is there are people that left the game because of skill tree? We know that. Yep. And yep. the amount of comments I get in the YouTube channels when doing podcasts is like, yeah, that I just I have no interest. That, I think that should play a part of the, the discussion, right? Because like... Mm -hmm. I have the, something else on that. I have something else on that too. Because sure. when the skill tree hit, it wasn't a single... It wasn't the only thing in the package. Many of the weapons in the game were being hit by the nerf hammer. Nerf, yeah, they got nerfed. Because of the skill tree yeah. it's like all right so yeah. we are giving you we're giving you the skill tree so we're gonna nerf this weapon yeah uh you want it you want it back well grind away yeah. you want that 10 percent so, back yeah you got to get uh, it in the tree yeah yeah so it was like it was people were like all right so you just made my mix worse and i have to work for it again yeah. and um because the initial version of the skill tree was so specialized per weapon that meant, all right, so you had those uh, historic skill points that you got from if, if your mech was, uh, mech was mastered before. And, and, to, and there's another thing. Back then, uh, you didn't need to master a mech to get the plus two multiplier for the basic level. So you could have a mech that was not mastered, but was already on max performance. And when they translated into skill tree, that translated into like 50 something skill nodes not 95 yeah. not 91 nodes yeah. and basically they were like all right so you made my mechs worse and now i have to work for it to to bring it back to some of them might even not be the same level at, at compared to what they were before yeah. so they're like i'm not going to bother i'm just going to leave and that that was that's that was the main thing because clicking. I mean, yes, it's it's annoying, but at, at the end of the day, like if you want to play some mechs, like you just go through the clicking. And if you remember, first respecing a skill tree costed XP yeah. and C bills. Like you couldn't just like change nodes. Yeah. So there was a lot of things that were done, I think, wrong at the time that caused all this like people leaving the game. Yeah. So a lot of that ties into those. And then there's another, there was another wave of nerfs. I think it was after Chris uh, started working for PGI. Like that wave of nerf came in the middle of an MRBC season. Yeah. People were playing with the game. People were strategizing using mechs. And suddenly, like weapons were basically destroyed. Yeah. Like it was like, well, that mech's out of window. Yeah. So that was another wave. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there, there, there are multiple reasons like why people left the game, but 
Yeah. yeah, those are the two major ones I remember. Well, I mean, obviously, in the most recent, we have side torso heat spike. I'd, I would, I would venture to say you would agree. Just get rid of it. You, that's what. Yeah. Um, the mobility nerfs that we saw. Um, yeah. Across the board, I mean, like the 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 holding on to like the Timberwolf and the Dart. Well, like why aren't you know? Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see. I understand too on the side torso destruction. There is a. I think Bowser brought yeah Bowser brought it up, which mm-hmm. is he basically yep. said is there is an issue with balance between standard lights and XLs and then clan standard and XLs and yep. it's hundred percent true and because there's no other really mechanic behind it's not like it's literally about tonnage savings and then how many crits so maybe you can fit a heavy goss or you know okay well AC twenties can now take uh, LFEs you know like it's just one of those like. Outside of that, though, there are clear winners, especially when it comes to clan side. So I liked your guys' suggestion, which is like, okay, well, if they lose their side torso, just increase the mobility and heat dissipation a little bit more or whatever. But yeah, the initial spike, uh, of course, no one no one likes. But um, I think that's reasonable. Like, just uh, balance using the values that are not uh, punishing out of control. Because yeah. when you're fighting, you lose a side torso. You because you're in the fight, it's most probably your heat capped. Like that's that's usually the case. And when someone destroys your torso, you either shut down or you cook yourself. So you're dead basically. And, so that's, and you're that's already something. Yeah, you you lose a side torso in a fight. You're already gonna be moving slower. Your heat yeah. efficiency is gonna go to shit too because you just lost all. Like you're already hurt. Like you don't need to just. It's like getting. <laughs> it's like hammer and then the freaking anvil falls on you you know yeah. it's like it's you're how much are you trying to penalize the player like uh um so um what is there anything in particular that you feel pretty passionate well okay well i guess let's talk about rescale here mm-hmm. how would rescale be at your top of your list for I mean, for mwo it needs development possibly some animations need to be done some additional animations need to be done if if rescale was on the table um also i just want to mention something like pgi said that they did volumetric scaling i don't know if they made a mistake somewhere uh because i have all the the models all the mech models and i can 100 percent say that when you when you transition from 30 tons to 35 tons, um, the volume more than doubles. Yeah, that's not how volume and mass works. Well, yeah, there was something I'm, weird I'm, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I 100% because I think Russ was said that we did like a pixel by pixel calculation, like a script that that calculated the volume of a mesh. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that script has a bug. So because. Yeah. yeah, you're you're an electrical engineer, but you're still an engineer. Mm-hmm. What is the fascination with just because it's heavier means it's bigger? What is what? What do you think that is with the uh, mech fans? Like, I guess most of it comes from that. All right, so these mechs they're made from the same materials, like internals, and the armor is the same material. I obviously you cannot like change the size of the size of the mech when you when you choose between ferro and standard armor 
but more or less they're made from the same material like as the mech gets bigger the engine gets bigger more or less on the same ratio so they're like all right so we can assume that the density of these mechs are the same gotcha. so that's that's why we could because at the end of the day if everything was realistic of course like no two mechs would be built the same like there there may be like empty spaces inside one mech like leg or arm or torso uh which is basically nothing or some mech might might have been built like in a more compact way like in there's lots of things like this in lore like this chassis has gone through like difficulties in design they had to compact that component they had to make, sure. make that component smaller there's lots of lore stories behind that but from the gameplay perspective i guess it should be a balance between pure volumetric because in reloaded it's pure volumetric and um i i know i understand that some of those might not kind of look right uh sure. as as like as you look at them it's like all right so yes i guess i can see it that uh yeah the volume like this mech is like more fat like it has more chunky legs and arms sure. it, contrib- it contributed to the total volume of the mech because the design was done that way ergo yeah yeah that's the side effect like it's not yeah i mean and we've we've seen so many mechs like that i mean the fafner is a great example where it's like mm-hmm. Yes, it's supposed to potentially look like this. I mean, whoever did the original concept, Mech 4 and all that, but like from a gameplay perspective, it can be hugely detrimental for for Mm. mechs to have those proportions. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like the Fafnir, like the top portion of the body is basically a cube. Uh, And uh, that's usually gives you like a large um, volume. Like it's because like mechs like um, for example the grasshopper, the grasshopper the upper body is more like slim, and it's not just a giant cube on top of something, uh, so there's like less volume to work with. So it in the volumetric scaling it becomes bigger. Yeah. And uh, a mech like a Fafnir for a hundred tonner, it should be way smaller than it is because yeah. even even if you want to go with volumetric scaling, that that concept even kind of more proof that it needs to be like smaller than it is right now because volume wise the fafnir and the king crab are the two most gigantic mechs yeah. in the game in terms of volume yeah i think followed followed by the direwolf and the kodiak yeah. so i mean to like, me to me yeah. it's just a gameplay thing like yeah. okay so the grasshopper is skinny and okay if it shrunk down it might be you know like really really good or i mean yeah so I, to me it's just like use your base i mean the, the the i've told people again like hop in hop look at a flea and then look at a wolfhound or cougar or jenner yeah it's only like you're talking about five ten five tons ten tons fifteen but yet it, it's it's like five times the size of the flea yes for a light and you wonder why those mechs i mean that's the thing is like what what i'm what we're suggesting here, rescale, is it's it's almost a buff to every single mech out there because, and also too the fact of it's it's going to help alleviate the fact of pinpoint accuracy, which is 
one of the problems in M I shouldn't say it's not a problem in MWO. It's not a problem in MWO. It's a feature. It's supposed to be there. It, yeah. it, I wouldn't want RNG factors messing with that. Like, oh, if you, if you aim and then you got some reticle, you know, I don't. But the fact of the mechs themselves, the three models were not designed for a pinpoint environment. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the rescale, I think it should be somewhere between uh, the volumetric scale so that it looks right. Like, because as you said, when you look at a flea and you look at the wolfhound, you're like, is it 20 tons? Is it that one is 35 tons? That's That doesn't look right. Looks like a 50 ton or a 55 ton. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it has to be started like based on the volumetric model. And then if if it needs adjustment, if it if it needs to get a smaller, if it needs to get bigger, go from there. But right now, the models above, like with 35 tons and above, they are way bigger than what yeah. they should be, even if you go with pure volumetric scaling. Yeah. And um, I think like fixing that issue on itself can can like bring can at least makes gameplay somewhat more lasting like you can't basically core an atlas with like six six mechs in a firing line like in an instant yeah and then coupled with the mobility boosts um, as i'm hoping to see uh you can have a chance like on that mobility i don't know like if how how we are on the time but on the mobility um, issue. I've checked the pre desync and after desync data. Doesn't line for, up, does it? Yeah, for from uh, I think up to Blood Ass back in 2018, because that that's where I stopped uh, doing everything regarding like micro on, online because of reasons. Yeah. Uh, back then, and then it's so you're surprising. saying pre desync. Yeah, pre yeah. like it's surprising yeah. because yeah. pre desync, uh, the acceleration of mechs was not nerfed as much as people think. Yeah, like with the new with the new mobility, like there are lots of mechs that are better off with yep. with acceleration yes. stats. However, they annihilated all the mechs in terms of deceleration yep. the mechs doesn't don't stop yeah they it's 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 so it, bad and well it's it's interesting because i'm the one who did the initial quirks chris took over he was the one doing the mm -hmm. engine uh desync which i'm again i always argue people are like i hate the engine desync i'm like i don't think you really understand what's going on engine desync was a good idea good idea the execution yeah. was not good which yes. means like the locust, I think at the point in time the locust had some stupid like 140% Excel DXL. Like I gave it that because you needed to be able to do you know do these things. Yep. That 140 was not rolled back into the mech. I know mm -hmm. I, I didn't do the numbers. Yeah. Someone else did, and well, the result is where we are, right? So yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then because the change was not uniform. Um, okay, so you can you can take a mech. Okay, so this mech accelerates the same as as before, but it's so sluggish. Why? Because it's it doesn't stop. Because in a locust, acceleration is only half half the story. 
if you're not able to stop right away like or really quickly you're still going to be predictable and you're still yeah. going to get shot like there's there's the whole like stepping back and forth thing goes away and because the turn speed of the mech is tied to the velocity that is going at the moment, if you cannot stop quickly, your turn rate is going to be slower as well. Like sometimes you just need to stop, turn around, and go another way, or just stop and turn back and go back or run from something. That takes so much time like to just stop, turn, like, Previously, you could do that really quickly. And that's why I think right now mechs feel really kind of vulnerable. Because yeah. right now, if, if, if you commit to a fight, there's no going back. Yeah, there's, no, there's no... Yeah, you're, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think mobility... I think the people that we have in that like, Gulag server have uh, kind of like already gone through a lot of chassis, like revising some of them. Like... Yeah like asking for opinions but yeah lo lots of things needs to change another yeah. thing torso pitch level for most mechs it's out of this world yeah. the fire starter like it's 15 degrees like it's nothing yeah that's the kodiak yeah yeah the kodiak is 15 degrees and I, I remember chris was saying that the hitbox there was some hitbox problems but at the time we were like okay so fix it yeah it's i mean pgi needs to fix that right and well, I can we're, we're I can understand I can understand pitch and yaw angle being a balance mechanism for like I and I and I sort of equate this to a regular tank with a turret and a, and a tank destroyer right whereas the tank destroyer very limited amount of you know you know what I'm saying like the idea that like that would be if you have a mech uh, that has a lot of frontal firepower. I can understand it's got a slower, tor you know, torso twist. I, I like from a bounce perspective. I can understand like if you had like theoretically you had a mech, like you wanted to use that. The problem is, is uh, you know, not everybody uses the mech in that fashion as far as a min maxed as well. And so mm -hmm. if you hammer that particular thing, you're really potentially just hurting the chassis from ever being used again and or by everyone across the board. But like. Yep. Um, and also too, like Kodiak threes came out and we all knew it was going to be OP as shit because of where the hard points were. Like we knew, like, mm -hmm. so to me that falls back to Alex, uh, Iglesias and, and, uh, you know, really doing a better, and this isn't like a cr critique. It's just like having gameplay in mind when you're doing stuff like that, because like, mm -hmm. as soon as you do that, it invalidates, I mean, from hundred tonners, it invalidated <laughs> at the time then also we found out the uax were broken i mean the direwolf mm -hmm. could do it but it couldn't do it as well as the kodiak and then yep. all that so yeah 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 i mean torso yaw and torso pitch are also tied into scale and mobility because like when when a mech doesn't have enough yaw like imagine if a mech has like 90 degrees of uh yaw angle that mech can move uh like perpendicular to your position and still have guns on you and the movement itself is some sort of defense mechanism against you firing at it because it's more mobile. Like you have to lead your shots like, yeah. uh, and, and that sort of thing. And if, if it doesn't have yaw, in order to, for that mech to be able to fire at you, it needs to move 
like in a more straight line, like yeah. at least a component of the movement vector would be more towards you, and it's easier to shoot it. Yeah. And um, it's kind of like mm, it comes back to like how easy it is to pick off components yeah. off something. Like for example, the direwolf. The direwolf, because the weapon mounts are low, you have to commit to something. Like there's, it's no, there's no like peeking and reach peek, reach peeking, corner peeking with the direwolf. It's just, it's a big, like, turret. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's a gunboat, and uh, like the, the first thing a gunboat should have is turret mobility. Yeah. Is that all right? So that thing needs to. It doesn't have enough mobility. Like to to get to places, at least give it a way to kind of minimize. Would you standardize like, that across the board? Is that a pro like? I would say. Would that be a problem? Like, really think about say, it. Like, if yeah. all you know what I'm saying. Like, if angle and torso twist, like for assault. I use ninety. I I use ninety degrees as a baseline. Like right. nine, ninety degrees as a baseline, at least ninety degrees as a baseline to give this basic ability of to the max to maximize a maneuver into their advantage which is basically moving yeah. in like 90 in a 90 degree I mean, different vector because like i know i know we play in a weird game that has so many variables but like if you were to say okay let's talk about that awesome the victor you're saying the direwolf was going to have the same mobility yeah, because the direwolf is still going to be a much larger, easy target. Like, even if you yes. do rescale, it's still going to be bigger mech. So that's the yeah. natural negative built in, right? And mm -hmm. yeah, um, I think that sort of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Kodiak, mm, like, apart from the UAC-10s being broken, um, Kodiak has one weakness, and it's huge front-facing, like, barn door. So you cannot miss the Kodiak from any distance. Um, like if it was not for that high, like hard mounts, points yeah. on uh, the high mounts, it's it's really a gigantic. It's, mech. it's I mean, the Atlas equivalent, just with high yeah, mounts. Yeah, it's, it's the yeah, it's the Atlas equivalent. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess some nerfs to the Kodiak three was uh, warranted. I mean. Even even not that. I mean, they they balance the UAC tens. Like right now, you cannot fire for UAC tens at all. Like you just cook yourself. And then the the rest of the builds also have been dealt with well, as well. Like like Gauss and PPCs cannot yeah. be fired at the same well, time. And throw on the 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 Kodiak itself got hit by engine desync because someone didn't give it the mobility back. And yes. then on top of that, the new skill tree then took away the mobility again. Yep. So, yeah, you wonder again why these mechs are just, I mean, and that's that's where uh, I'm going to ask you about quirks because I, I feel very strongly because I initiated it. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I, the majority of quirks still out there are because of, of what I input. Some of them had been altered, some have been updated, and I like the updated stuff, like the HSL stuff is really cool or a family uh, quirk as well. I think there's been some good stuff additions. But, when I was going through that, and after a while, I, I saw issues with it. Because what I saw was, yeah, you may have just buffed that heavy or medium or whatever. Like the Hunchback 4G or, or whatever. 
but when you when you just blanket like that thunderbolt the the tall man and all that like you've got a mech that's more compact than an assault has more structure it's already got base it's faster mobility so you're also still just basically invalidating everything above it because you've given it this power creep and that's one of the things i recognized and i remember trying to get like i i, I got to a certain point that i was like I think we need to wipe the slate, you know, like wipe it clear and go in there with a little bit better uh, rubric, you know, like, a, or, and I could say that, like a, a system in place. And it's so difficult because it's like, mm -hmm. what mech, what weight class, where are the hard points, where are they located? What's, I mean, there's so many things when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. But like, quirks in general have been, I think it was a fun point in time, but I do think it's, it, it swung too hard because people are like, I have a problem when people are asking for buffs on the direwolf, quirks on the direwolf. I have a problem with that. I have a I, not saying that it doesn't deserve it. What I'm saying is, why not look be below it? Like, why is the direwolf? You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously the mobility stuff we just talked about, but I have concerns with power creep just basically happening. Mm. You know, all over again. Yeah, I mean, some of the um, like. I mean, there are different quirks. Like some of the quirks that the direwolf gets um, are kind of suitable to to the chassis. For example, right now the the uh, direwolf prime gets armor quirks in side torsos and uh, like the center torso. And um, obviously, that's because if you have the, those torsos, that means all your weaponry are going to be in the arms, oh, and same. those arms are just gorilla arms, like low slung. And that means you need more exposure to to fire your weapons. And like more exposure in the direwolf is that there's no turning back. There's no turning back. Like it's, you, you either die or you, or you kill. And um, those are good quirks. There's also another side of it, which is weapon quirks. Like I understand some of the weapon quirks are made to make like certain chassis from like overtly exploiting. Uh, like a certain weapon system, like for example, me ghost heat on uh, medium lasers, or I don't know, ER medium lasers, because it's a one-ton weapon. Like imagine if it didn't have ghost heat. Like you take something with like ten of them, and uh, just go one shot everyone in the back. Like all you need is one shot, and there's no penalty. Yeah. Uh, there was like it was initially. Uh, and I think introduced to to counter the six PPC Stalker, and uh, Stalker was al already a good mech in terms of like hardpoint placement, placement, the shape of the torso, and uh, it could move its torso with a relatively fast pace, so it could get around and yeah. uh, it could like slap you in the face and damn that that sixty point of damage gone. Yeah. So I think that that came into place. However. Some of the other weapon systems, um, kind of placing that limitation was a little bit too harsh uh, for, for some weapon systems. Like tying some weapon system to others sure. was harsh on like some mechs. And like right now, like uh, we have the heat scale limit quirk yeah, that they've yeah HSL quirk that they in uh, introduced, and I think it's a really good quirk. 
because basically it allows you to kind of like mitigate the the negative effect that that like yeah. required balancing mechanic like ghost take i think it was a required balancing mechanic uh but it had negative effects and yeah. this new this new quirks this new quirk is something that can be used extensively yeah. To King Crab kind of, needs HSL. Yes, yeah, yeah. mitigate AC that 20s. effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also the jump jet quirk, like the Vapor Eagle, like out of all Max Vapor Eagle, has the jump jet quirks. And I'm sitting here, it's like I'm like, there's a whole lot of 35 ton Max, 30 ton Max, and yeah. like smaller Max that have half power jump jets, uh, because you because the 12 jump jet spider was breaking off the out of bound level from the top of some like some some level so you, so you just destroyed that jump jet for the, an entire line of max well you have this quirk that you just introduced how yeah. how about how, how about doing something with it because on the vapor eagle yeah it's good but the vapor eagle didn't need it yeah like like that i mean it's a positive that it has it but don't take it away but still <laughs> just apply it to some of the mix that really need it for example yeah. jump jet also has another issue which is the power versus tonnage yeah like right now like from class from the lighter one like class fives to class fours the tonnage is the same but the power suddenly doubles yeah. when you go to to the 40 tonners and when it changes to when the tonnage doubles the power stays the same so you're paying double the tonnage and it's it's not a percentage it's it's an absolute value because when you're paying double on like four jump jets the result would be two extra tons yeah and then the the power stays the same but you're paying double tonnage and yeah. it, it gets worse into a salt mix something like a highlander like a victor can jump reasonably with four jump jets or three jump jets but um when the tonnage doubles when it goes to the next class well the power stays the same yeah. and so suddenly at a 90 ton max you need to pay double the tonnage to get the same amount of lift that is something that well, i that, think needs to be addressed that, that all started too back in pop tart now i was talking about this which is mm -hmm. like paul coming down on the nerf hammer because he wanted to quell the behavior started this like, I get it too, like, you don't want a mech getting the same benefits with one jump jet as five mm -hmm. jump jets. But we've never been in that position that you've wanted to take five. I've I always wondered too, like, what happens if you just, if a mech had jump jets, those were locked in. Like, you know, sort of like the, the you know, Omni ones where they're sort of locked in. Then you could buff the shit out of them and be like, yeah, those mechs get the, the I don't know. Uh, but yes, 100% uh, jump jets need uh, reworked. I feel like Another suggestion I've heard, which is the recharge time, if it was tied into the amount of jump jets you had, would help too. Mm -hmm. Because like, okay, you want a Pop-Tart, you're going to want as max jump jets as you want. So you can keep, you know, doing that behavior. Um, because if you only take one, you'll have that initial lift, but then you're going to have to wait a yeah. long time, which yep. is the purpose of like having one on an assault or one on it, you know, whatever. Yep. is It's not there to be an offensive thing. It's there to generally is... To get over an obstacle really quick that's in your yeah. way you know uh candy yeah. network and so forth so i think that would be a good uh, addition um 
yeah did have you had yeah. any thoughts as far as improving like outside of that no i mean that that's um that makes sense because along with the jump chess there has been like other changes as well to kind of like nerf uh the pop tarting behavior there has been an upgrade in the firepower the mechs can bring out so pop tarting is not as rewarding as it was before there's counters so can, now. yeah yeah you can yeah. get punished way more uh compared to what what it was before and um there's like reticle shake the initial like popping was nerfed so there was yeah. not really broken in hitboxes yeah, the tmb yeah. oh my god yeah there's a few yeah. mechs out there that still have some yeah. i think some wonkiness like yeah yes but like people don't know what we're talking about too you have to look at old videos like you could tap your jump jets and the problem what it was is the hitboxes in your mech did this like head banging yeah. and so if you're trying it it was abused all the time like and, and even yeah. if even if you didn't have the head banging just that hopping up and down uh, for the hit reg and host it rewind and all yeah. that your hitbox is doing this and that's the, where the meme come, or that little animation of the Timmy popping yeah. on uh, the all systems nominal. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there are lots of those changes were made, like that because jump jets right now, like they have two stages. Like there's a hop stats and there's a lift force stats. So the mech jumps by that hop distance and then continues upwards. That's why when you when you start jumping from the ground, you can jump higher compared yeah. to when you're falling and then you want to hit the jump jets you're not getting yeah you're not going if, yeah if you do that. gravity yeah. yeah it's just yeah and and yeah, I, so, I know gravity plays actually into that as well i think yeah. literally the setting yeah. or whatever yeah so um yeah um so yeah they, they have, they have other changes they, they have done to nerf the pop tarting but i think jump jets need need another pass yeah uh either mitigated through quirks Sure. Or through raw stat changes based yeah. on the jump. I think stat changes because, like, across the board, yeah. it's just it, yeah. You need to just put so many quirks across, like, all yeah, the like uh, that. That yeah. that's a good example too. When someone would be like, um, you know, when we were talking about quirks too, is like, uh, well, just buff the other. And it's like, hold on, it, like, even when you look at quirks, back in the day, it's like, hold on, um, you had like, you can buff ninety percent of max or you could nerf 10 percent. like that's a tough thing that's a tough thing right is like mm -hmm. oh man negative tembi wolf works yes that was, that was like we had a dire wolf like with negative head armor so yeah like... yeah I, well omnis are a weird thing too and they never i don't think fully been utilized like the omni mech mm -hmm. system it was like it was like the first it just never had iterations. Like I, I feel like it was close because for the most part, there are some mechs that some Omnipods are really good, but then you have yeah. the problem is 90% of the other pods are useless and or you take like a summoner again that's locked with X amount of tonnage in the jump jets or another mech, then you can't really do anything with that. And, um, but yeah, so I mean, to me, like the summoner should just be like a highly maneuverable, jump capable, where it gives it added, and it does have that because of uh, uh, quirks too and, and base stats. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, man, we've yeah. been talking uh, for for two and a half hours. I don't know if yeah. you know that. Um, yeah, that's that's a long. <laughs> we could probably just keep going. Um, is yeah. there any is there anything else that 
maybe that committee didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Is there anything that like has been really bugging Navid that you just want to get it off your chest about MWO? Like, like I think mm, that podcast kind of like covered most of the things. The things that they did not get into specifics was um, like specific weapon quirks, like sure. which weapons need to like brought need to be brought up, or like which weapons are good, like underperforming, overperforming. I just hope they use They're a all... panel. I hope they Darren reaches yeah. out to you and whoever else because I see you guys talking all the time. I, yeah. Why just just have a panel of guys that says like, hey, this is our reason for it. And this is what it, you know. So. Yeah, I mean those those panels like even back in the old gulag that's like the community balance sheet the argument were like this like it was it was exactly like this like someone agrees someone disagrees there's reason for that there's reason for this and it is all back and forth and then the end result is like a collective yeah thing that come, you come in the middle like okay we're yeah. not going to go far this way we're going to okay yeah 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 I mean that's that's kind of like uh, uh how it works and uh how do you feel how how do you feel about the monetization aspect? The monetization. I think I've I've like posted about this on the forums as well. I think PGI should focus on um people that are coming from like MacWare 5 to MacWare Online or people that are just installing the game, getting into the game. Because I've seen quite a few, at least like in the past year, like a lot of new players, new streamers have come into the game, like started like learning stuff like i see like experienced players like hop into the chat like like tell them what to do like yeah grab this this does that and uh, like play them play with them in the in uh, like the soup queue uh and kind of like bring them up to speed but still there's one aspect lacking uh, in macro online and that's okay so this player wants to spend money on this game so what are the options? Like, what's what's being offered? And uh, right now, it's either mech packs, and it's only like one chassis, because the three chassis model is no longer in effect for a long time now. So usually, you get mostly identical variants, yep. or at least variants that you can do the same thing, at yep. least on two of them. Yeah. And um, like the base pack, which is usually like $20, doesn't even come with any other goodies like premium time or like any other thing. It's just three chassis, like bone stock, green, everything. And um, there's also an other packs that they have, like complete packs. The pricing is crazy. Yeah. Like there is, like you get, for example, there, there's, there's packs like the Gargoyle. Um, the pack is $65. And yeah. it's like six six gargoyles with like the hero included. Okay, so you're giving me six Omnimex. I can just take the hero, and the rest can just sit there in my mech bay, or I can just sell them, all keep all the pods because it's it's an Omnimex. Yeah. So why am I paying sixty five dollars? Like there's, and, there's no and balance. and it's not like they're giving you enough. GSP or like skill, yes. they should give you the skill point. One, I was surprised because I mean, 
uh, if you're paying cash, like the whole idea about paying cash, the argument could be made is like, oh, well, the C bill grant, well, you're buying the hero too. Like, yeah, it should, it should yeah. definitely be there. Yeah. At least, yeah. I, I would even say it should be the full SP amount or half SP amount. I don't, yeah, I, I mean, don't know some, how I feel about that. Some, some amount so that you hit the ground running. Like when you when you're spending when you're spending cash on a game, like there's another problem is that there's no um, like there's no option to kind of grab the buyer and bringing them in. It's always like huge prices. Yeah, they are they are they kind of repel players from buying into the game. Like players like, well, am I going to like play this game anymore? Like in two months. Yeah. Am I going to get value out of that? Like, like we still have like clan invasion packs for two hundred and forty dollars, and like, okay, so am I going to play this game to to match that amount? So yeah. it's it's it repels That's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, it repels players, and the options that are reasonable often don't contain enough. Yeah, like there's I think there's they seriously need starter packs, like something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something that a new player comes in and like, all right, so I'm going to spend $20 on this game and I want like the amount of things that are in the pack uh, to make my account look like I've been playing for six months or I've been playing for four months. So C-Bills, XP, GSP, like a bunch of mechs, like selected mechs with, with built, yeah. built uh, like setups. That's also, because, mm -hmm. no, that's also why I was, I was talking about like skill tree earlier that, I don't think the current skill tree fits because, and this goes towards new players. They're going to come in and right now they literally can waste millions of C bills because they don't know yep. where, you know, like, and you can have a tutorial on it, but not everybody does tutorials. So to me, the system has to be intuitive enough. And then it says, okay, well, if this penalizes the new players coming in, then we just need to change it entirely. So I, I don't mean to segue, but it, it sort of talks mm -hmm. about the new player experience when, when you're yeah. talking about mech packs of having value of and, and trial mechs. And, you know, obviously I talked to uh, Darren on this last podcast and I, I think it's a no brainer, right? Like reaching out to individuals like Jay-Z or anybody really that's playing mm -hmm. a game, they're going to come up with good builds rotate them in every two months or every qu whatever every month uh, probably not every month probably every two months quarter or something yep. like that new trial max um but it, you know i just feel like uh, again it goes back to do everything you can to set the player up for success like because funny enough uh my background is uh teaching so and and mm -hmm. when when you're uh explaining to anyone about a game, one of the biggest factors for them enjoying, coming back, watching is success. And that doesn't necessarily mean uh, scoring points or whatever. The success could be, uh, uh, that's a factor, but like knowing the rules, knowing the strategies, knowing the tactics, uh, understanding uh, you know the, the dynamics between uh, gameplay and different positions and stuff. So like if, if right now the players just aren't set up for success and so many games suffer from this eve online that i played for years had huge and still to some mm -hmm. extent there's a lot better but like this game is so penalizing um especially with having uh yep. cadets 
in matches with people like me and you like that shouldn't that mm -hmm. just shouldn't happen yeah. right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean new players i mean there's another aspect to the balancing as well like what's the most iconic mechs in BattleTech? like when someone comes into mechware online it's like oh this it's cool like I've never the Timby, known this game the Atlas, yeah, right? Yeah. I never known this game existed. Like this is great. Like these mech models, they look amazing. Like they they're modernized, and they all know the Timberwolf. They all know the Atlas. It's like oh, it's great. Like the the best clan mech, like in, in the lore, like it, it's the Timberwolf. I'm gonna buy it. You think that player is gonna have a good time? No, it's just just gonna get wrecked in the yeah. in the Timberwolf, and that's that leaves a bad taste yeah. uh to to the new player and there's not like you can go back yeah. you just blew all your cadet bonus cbos on yeah. on this pick so you're you're stuck yeah. with it they need to be there's given no, yeah. a mech or a handful of mechs in my opinion yeah. and, it, and it doesn't have to be the end-all be-all but like it should be a pretty decent medium or heavy like it they yeah. should or one of each one of each weight class and that i wouldn't even i don't even think that would be crazy like mm -hmm. and Give them the additional four extra back base. Yeah, I mean, you, they can even implement like some some lore aspect to it. Like like some of the PVPs I've seen, like they can start you off. Like um, I, I think they've tried it something something like this with Solaris, but not not. It, it's kind. Of, I think it's a half done thing. You can get sponsors. Sure. Like at least like make that make that like all right so I'm gonna stick with I'm I'm gonna stick with um I don't know like Clan Jade Falcon and uh, play like this bunch of games like this complete this uh, these objectives like monthly objectives like daily objectives and for that they offer me a summoner and uh, that. It it can be like a limited number, like for example, three three of these, like the not limited to three, but choices, like three uh, different factions that you can choose and like complete uh, these these like challenges, and then they give you a mech. Well, here's a mech, like because because like you've been you've been a good pilot, like yeah. you've you've been loyal, and here's a summoner, like uh, here's a, here's a victor, like I don't know, like here's an awesome, like. Yeah with with like pre-built like setup on it so this is something that can keep the player like coming back logging into the game again like checking stats because right now they have achievements but i mean they don't, they don't mean anything. sometimes sometimes you don't even forget they exist yeah, like they yeah they're like, they like all right yeah. so yeah they're like okay so here's 1000 gxp okay so what should i do with it okay that's yeah. uh yeah, that that's another aspect. They they can kind of like enrich the the initial experience yeah. at least. Like the first two months, the player needs to feel like oh, like everything is engaging. After that, well, well, it's PvP. Just let the player player loose on, on solo queue and everything else. Gotcha. Well, man, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Yep. I think we've yep. been. It's, we're, we're, it's yeah. It's uh, so we're gonna have to do this again. Like I feel like yeah. uh, we're gonna have to sit down. Especially as as things move forward <laughs> and things happen, and I just want to say thank you again, man. Uh, obviously, face reveal now. When are you going to start streaming? <laughs> when when's that going to happen? I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think I would have like the time for streaming. I think people have have seen me in MechCon, but not not like this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, 
it's it's been good. I mean, I'm I'm very glad that yeah. uh, at least like I got a camera and I, I kind of uh, came in for this podcast. And yeah, I, I really appreciate it because I think this this new like thing that you're doing, um, I think it it's gonna have a positive effect. Like the getting like the community to just come in, like talk about what they want, what yeah. they love. It's it's I think it's a really positive thing. Oh, and like I said, even from the topic of like AV8 is like questioning people like why do you feel that way or mm -hmm. is is some are we missing something? The only way you can do that is by having a conversation and 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 getting into those you know details. Whether or not you spend thirty minutes talking about skill tree, it doesn't matter. It's the fact of maybe something in there. Just even if it's just a small piece, it's like. Oh yeah, that's a good nugget. Mm -hmm. We're gonna save that. So, yeah, man. I just want to say thank you again for putting in the work on uh, all of the stuff behind the scenes for MWO in the Gulag. Like I said, there's a Discord for those that don't know. It's special place uh, for <laughs> misfits and all that. Um, yeah. But these guys are going back and forth all the time. So they're basically working on weapon stats, mobility stats, new player. I mean, it's they're it's all the proposals that Ash and Naveed and them uh, did, but basically getting fine-tuned. So it's all Bear Claw's fault. Yeah. When uh, when when Darren's like, hey, you know, let's do this, they can present the information and 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 PGI then can yep. act, right? And of course, they're just one group of I think there's a few others as well. But uh, also your work on uh MechWarrior 5. I look forward to seeing uh what you do and you know. I'm looking forward to, you know, mech committer mercenaries, obviously biasly, mm -hmm. but like some of the things that, you know, you've done have inspired, like has inspired, like the conversation of, um, Hey, how about we do this? How about we do that? And obviously a lot of people enjoy your mods cause they download them and they're the top downloaded. So there's gotta be some, some pride there. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I look forward to seeing what you come up with and, We'll have to do this again. I think it was a a good conversation. I feel like I we I probably missed so much because like there's yeah. always it's just not enough time. So let's do this again. Thank you again. And uh, are are any parting words? Any any shout outs before we sign off here? No, I mean thanks for having me, and I hope to see you and other players in Micro Online. Uh. And uh, play against and with you. Awesome. And, uh, yep, that's it. Well, there you go, guys. That's Navid A. By the way, where, what does A one stand for? I don't know. It's it's something. It's something like back then. Uh, just uh, I don't even remember. Like it, it, I made I made an account for like Battlefield Bad Company too. Uh -huh. It kind of stuck with me. So it's like, well, that's that's how it is. <laughs> that that works. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, man, thank you again for being on here. I hope to talk to you soon. So thank you. Yep. And, thank you uh, for having me. Yeah. Did you guys enjoy this podcast with Navid? I think that was an amazing conversation. I feel like I probably missed a few things. But overall, that was super insightful. And it's awesome to see uh, his face again. I have met him at Metcon, uh, obviously, uh, a few times. But uh, like I said, again, quick shout out to Navid. Uh, for all you do in the community, of course, for being a guest here, taking the time out of your uh, your weekend to do that. So thank you again, sir. And of course, if you did like this podcast, I am going to implore you. There's a like button. Click it. Smash it. Do it. This tells the YouTube algorithm that, well, 
it's good and it's good content so if you like it if you value it click that like just smash it just do it right now come on it's all right anyways just want to say this podcast is sponsored by you guys the viewers the listeners this is my full-time thing so here's here's the deal please consider supporting in a variety of ways come hang out on twitch right i stream monday through friday 12 to 6 p.m and of course sometimes on the weekends uh but it's over at twitch.tv forward slash ngngtv i'll have a link down below become become a sub get access to emotes slow-mo doesn't affect you all that fun stuff there is a there's a way um become a uh, patron there's a few different uh, levels as well you can become a uh, podcast sponsor as well speaking of uh sponsors we have a sponsored stream next friday from a unit uh and a group looking to support me and of course get their uh, uh name out there so we'll be doing that uh, of course this coming friday so if you have a unit out there or you got an organization you want some advertisement or stuff on a, either a twitch stream and or a podcast reach out to me on our discord it's a great way all right um also if you do any shopping on amazon which everybody pretty much does um we have an affiliate associate link all you gotta do is click through it doesn't add anything to your cost i get kickbacks that's how easy literally so easy a hobbit can do it i just want to say if any of those options are available and you guys have the means consider them just want to say thank you um yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed that podcast uh we have some very fun podcasts coming up soon um mitch gittleman from hairbrains games we also have blaine lee pardo yes the author of battle tech novels is going to be on soon so Stay tuned for those. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWord podcast. Signing off for tonight. This is Phil. Until next time.